That's how you fight the system is with bidets. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk today is November 23rd, 2020, and this is episode 269, and today, Behold the Beast System! That's right, with Justin and Westfall, it's gonna be great. But first, we got the news, and uh, you know me, I'm your president, president, elect, elect, your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we love Jesus, we love you, learning to love ourselves, and we pray for our enemies. And yeah, this is a double episode. Canary Cry News Talk 269 slash Canary Cry Radio 153. As of this recording, Canary Cry Radio, the website is down, but don't worry. Hopefully we'll have it back up. And uh, the plan was to publish this episode on both feeds. But I don't know if that's going to happen now with the Canary Cry Radio website being down. And I don't know if we're going to have it up before the end of the day. But if we can, we'll we'll see. This is very experimental. This is an R&D episode. It it is. You are part of the experiment, people. Yes. Welcome to the experiment. (laughs) And uh, Thanksgiving week. So, yes, of course, we're trying to fit as much as we can into Monday's episode here, because who knows what will happen for the rest of the week. Um, Let's see. Gons, any uh, fun personal news for you? Yeah. So wife and I celebrated 12 years of holy matrimony yesterday. So oh my that gosh. was good. Congratulations. Thank 12 you. years. I know we're, we're, yeah, it's, it's a miracle just to say the least. If you don't believe in miracles, uh, my marriage is example a there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yep. That I'm was telling good. your wife. Oh, she knows she, she's <laughs> okay. totally, she will, she will vouch for me on that one. Whoa. Oopsies, I'm, I'm hearing echo. Myself. Yeah, I'm hearing yep, echo of sorry, me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we started the stream today, and uh, I told you I was ready, and I felt in my heart that I was ready, but I was very much not ready, yeah, so I'm that's kind of still setting stuff up here. T- typical type of situation. Yeah. The other uh, quick update is, um, I-, I tweeted this out, but I feel like YouTube was trolling me. Because mm. they unsubbed a whole bunch of people on my channel, and they have been for a while. You know, for a few weeks now, they've been just completely unsubbing, uh, keeping me under that threshold of two hundred sixty-four thousand subscribers. Which, mm. uh, which again, if you're on the live chat on the face like this on YouTube channel, you'll notice that there's about hundred and fifty people in the chat right now. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, this channel has is subscribed to, or I mean, there are you know two hundred sixty thousand subscribers allegedly. But I guess nobody, either nobody watches the live stream or they hate it or I don't know, but. Well, nobody gets the notification. Yeah. That's nobody gets thing. notified. That's the big the problem. The notifications don't come out. Even half of the people who are in the, in the chat who watch live say, oh, I didn't get a notification. Yeah, I just yeah. happened to check. I'm sure they just turned it off. But the funny thing is uh, my subscriber count got stuck at 263,666. 
And I felt that, uh, I thought, I thought YouTube was just trolling me, you know, just trying to make it, uh, make, make me all freaked out, uh, or at least make people think I'm, (laughs) or make people, make people think I'm a shill (laughs) for uh, having that number. But anyway, yeah, yeah. it's okay. That's about it for me. What about you? Heard uh, some sad news. Yes, is some sad news as uh, as I was talking about on the ep- on the shows for the past month or so. Uh, Monty the first uh, was diagnosed with cancer about three weeks ago, Aww. and um, it just uh, she she passed yesterday. Aww. Very on Sunday morning, yes, um, which came as a bit of a surprise. I mean, she had been doing okay, but we woke up. Uh, we, the cats and I woke up Sunday morning and everything was mostly fine, but, um, it only took a few hours and, uh, Monty, the first, she, she just, you know, just gave a little signal. She said, this is about it. I'm almost done. You should come, uh, should come hang out. And that's what we did. Mm. And she, uh, there you go. She so she's gone to be with uh, the Lord or the Kitty Lord or however exactly <laughs> that works. Lord. I won't. I don't know exactly how it works, but either way, sh- uh, she's in much less pain now. So very happy about that. But All yes, right. so it was a little bit of a. It was a brutal Sunday morning. Yeah, I, I've had dogs die in my arms, so I know the feeling. It's uh, it's weird. It's like an uncontrollable sob. You know, they're just animals, yeah. but. It's, uh, it's, it, it, you know, when you get attached to your animals, it's, it's rough when they go. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it was certainly rough. I was very thankful though, that she, uh, passed at home, um, and fairly quickly and with, uh, myself and the other Monty's. So it was much better than having to, you know, go put her down or something yeah. at the humane society. And it happened very quick and, and fairly peacefully. So, and there you go. So I'll be keeping an eye out for the new Monty. We'll see what happens. Oh it's, it's a little lonely with only two cats gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> only two cats. You say, I know you've got other, other, other creatures in there with you. I won't, my I won't say chimeras, my chimeric experiments. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I, I, I won't <laughs> oust you here on the show live on air, but I know yeah, your don't secrets. Don't tell people about my chimeras. I comments. know your secrets. <laughs> my, my dog cat, uh, chimera. I'm trying, I'm trying my best. I figured I'd ease my way into, uh, having a dog by having a dog cat hybrid. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into the show here. Sleepy update. Do you want fries with that? Oh, I thought you had some election stuff. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, let <laughs> okay. me let me do the election thing real briefly because I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, obviously a lot going on. The whole fiasco with. Uh, 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 Sidney Powell not being a part of the Trump legal team and then Sidney Powell coming out and say, I was never part of the legal team. Um, yeah, that was weird, huh? It was a little weird, but also whatever. It, it doesn't really, it, it's not a big deal to me. It's more like, all right, whoever has the evidence, let's go. Let's get it. Let's get mm-hmm. it moving. Uh, right. The No Agenda show, the last episode for them, episode 1297 called Going Bananas. Um, they had a 10 minute segment where Adam Curry basically clipped a whole bunch of stuff from 
Sydney Powell and Lynn Wood when, uh, where she's on other shows talking about what kind of evidence she has. And I won't play it for you. I have the tweet right. up uh, here, but it's, it's a good summary because she claims to have some pretty compelling evidence, uh, both with uh, actual numbers flipping in the software uh, and, and seeing the exact same numbers uh, popping up again 20 minutes later uh, to also, uh, you know, Dominion uh, closing offices and LinkedIn profile. It's, it's a lot of like the same type of stuff. The, uh, you know, some of the Q crowd are peddling out there, which makes me a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit suspicious, but uh, she claims to have it. And so I'm, I'm ready to see that evidence. And until I do, I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. well, let's just see well, it. Of Come course. on, let's see it. Well, you and Tucker Carlson gone. <laughs> I will say I did end up watching the Tucker, Tucker Carlson clip where oh, he basically, he basically says this. I mean, I get it. People, the problem is, I mean, he was just asking for evidence and apparently he called her people or talked to Sidney Powell and she said, no, I'm not going to come give you evidence and stop calling me. Uh, so yeah, I could see how a, he'd be a little miffed that, uh, he would get the silent treatment, but also, you know, look, I'm the last person to try to defend Tucker Carlson for <laughs> yeah. anything, but right. I get it. You know, he's, he, he has a TV show. He just wants evidence. Come talk about the evidence. Um, and I think again, I just care so little about that man and his will. And his uh, the well being of his career, but pray for your enemies, was, Basil. Come on now. I, I, I didn't think it was that ridiculous to ask for evidence. Uh, you know, that's and, what's yeah. that's what's really kind of weird to me is that here's Sidney Powell clipped by Adam Curry on No Agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, just laying out some evidence on other shows. You know, I don't know why she didn't go on Tucker Carlson and say the same thing, or maybe she did, yeah, and, and Tucker was like, "Not enough." I need more. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know what happened Or maybe there, it's but. all lies. Maybe Tucker didn't even reach out. I don't know. But uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. But if she does have some serious evidence, we need to see it. We need Let's to see, see it. it. But also I'm noticing that this is tearing apart the uh, Republican right wing, whatever, you know, it's, it's uh, that side of the aisle. Uh, there, there's, it's all being divided up. Now there's some people saying, you know, just give it up. Other people are like, more of the more along the lines of uh, the Q ish thought of it's all going down. This is all part of the plan, you know, trust the mm-hmm. plan. This is it. This is the big moment. And really, you know, it, for the Q tards out there, sorry to use that term, but uh, for the Q people out there, this really is the moment of truth for them. <laughs> if, if stuff falls through and uh, nothing comes out of this, then a lot of what was peddled turned out to be just complete nonsense rather than just yeah. sort of nonsense, you know? So um, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people on that train. I mean, I yeah. saw a tweet, I didn't, I didn't catalog it, but I, somebody on my tweet stream there uh, just posted like, Hey, I used to be a cute person, but I just got off the train. Anybody else out there used to be a cute person. And what made you change your mind? And like 90% of the comments were like, nothing ever happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Nothing right, right. that was uh, predicted has ever happened. And we're down to like, what is a it? The weeks. 23rd. So we got yeah. a week with pretty much two weeks until the electoral college vote uh, begins. So right, right. Powell's so, got two weeks. 
So, yeah. So, again, Sydney Powell's on these shows. She claims to have receipts, which are pretty compelling. And I can understand her. You know, I won't play these clips, but you can go look for them. I have it on my Twitter feed here. Um, mm-hmm. And she mentions how it's a lot of uh, evidence. It's overwhelming evidence. She compares it to more evidence than half the people incarcerated in the United States. So that that's quite the claim. And her, well, that is interesting. And especially in uh, California, you know, yeah, yeah. where uh, Kamala Harris was putting people away with no evidence. So right. I can, that's a. That's yeah. a good rhetorical point, I'd say. And I think it's true. It's probably true that she's just trying to summarize it and make it a, di- and she says, you know, she's working on making it digestible to the public. And I can understand that if there, if this is truly the big moment, you have to do it. So where people get it both, you know, uh, skeptics and, uh, the bandwagon alike, they're going to have to be able to see the same thing and at the very least have it be consumable. So I understand that, that rush there. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, um, I'm just kind of watching. I'm not really, you know, obviously I, what I want is just truth. You know, I want the truth to be out. So whatever it is, I want the truth. And I'm, I'm of the opinion, this is my opinion now that election fraud has been rampant and, uh, in the past as well, not just these elections here. And this is the first time there's actual, you know, investigations happening from up high or whatever. Um, but you know, as we'll go along this, uh, this episode in our conversation with Justin and Westfall, the United States itself was never set up to be a bastion of, uh, Christian truth either, dun, dun, you know? Dun. So, uh, the teardown itself, the exposure of the evil itself may be part of the great Hegelian dialectic into bringing about the new Atlantis to the forefront of America and the world. And so it just be careful what you push and promote uh you know stick to jesus you know the the path is narrow all those ideas are are true and uh, i think that's what uh that's where we should stand on these issues because regardless of what happens it's not going to change my faith in christ you know what i mean like biden can take office all right that that's okay trump can stay in office okay cool you know the either way it's not going to shake my faith so uh i don't know that's that's kind of my whole perspective on what's probably going to unfold here in the next few weeks. You know, what might, uh, might shake some people's faiths gone. What's that? The flippy update. Oh, okay. We're back. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, folks, we're here with the flippy update. And for those who might be new to the show, let me, uh, let me learn you something. Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. And we use talking about Flippy as a, a conversation, a proxy conversation, to discuss the archetypal uh, <laughs> robotics and AI uh, takeover. And how exactly we will slip into the uh, Skynet overlordship dystopian future and exactly how we're going to mount our resistance. This one is coming from TechExplore.com. The headline reads, Researchers hacked a robotic vacuum cleaner to record speech and music remotely. All right, so this is a Roomba update, folks. Everybody knows I'm very enthusiastic about the Roombas. Uh, I had one wander out the door, and it still hasn't been back, and nobody has uh, claimed the reward money bringing it back. But 
Anywho, um, this is not quite what you're going to think it is. Uh, Let's go into it. A team of researchers demonstrated that popular robotic household vacuum cleaners can be remotely hacked to act as microphones. Notice how there's no brand names being revealed. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to lose that ad revenue. <laughs> the, re- the researchers, including Nero- oh, Nirupam Roy, an assistant professor in the University of Maryland's Department of Computer Science, collected information from the laser-based navigation system in a popular vacuum robot and applied signal processing and deep learning techniques to recover speech and identified television programs playing in the same room as the device the research demonstrates the potential for any device that uses light detection and ranging technologies called lidar to be manipulated for collecting sound despite not having a microphone so that's the key element of what Mm. we're talking about here uh popular robotic vacuum brands they don't actually have microphones in the robot and yet these hacker researchers were able to uh, make it happen. This work, which is collaborated, uh, which is a collaboration with assistant professor Jun Han at the University of Singapore, was presented at the Association for Computing Machineries Conference uh, on Embedded Networked Sy- Sensor Systems. Uh, on November 18th, 2020, quote, we welcome these devices into our homes. We don't think anything about it, said Roy, who holds a joint appointment in the University of Maryland Institute for Advanced Computer Studies, quote, but we have shown that even though these devices don't have microphones, we can repurpose the systems they use for navigation to spy on conversations and potentially reveal private information. The LiDAR navigation systems and household vacuum bots shine a laser beam around a room and sense the reflection of the laser as it bounces off nearby objects. The robot uses the reflected signals to map the room and avoid collisions as it moves through the house. Privacy experts have suggested that the maps made by the vacuum bots, which are often stored in the cloud, pose potential privacy breaches that could give advertisers access to information about such things as home size, which suggests income level and other lifestyle related information roy and his team wondered if the lidar in these robots could also pose potential security risks as sound recording devices in users' homes or businesses um so it goes into a technical sort of explanation of lidar and laser microphones but basically you know you got these little roombas floating around they don't have microphones in them in fact they don't most of them don't even have cameras they just use a laser array right to to know where they're going right yeah and uh, as we know laser microphones have been around for quite a while and actually they're part of the new spy satellites that uh, can hone in on uh, a target you know as big as a as small as a car and uh, use laser microphonic technology to listen to conversations from space and they basically hacked these uh nondescript 
uh, brand agnostic vacuum cleaner robots, and you could use the the lidar to to listen in on the conversations. Uh, I used to think these little suckers were safe, but no longer. Now, to be fair, this was a was a pretty sophisticated hack. It's not as uh, you know simple as just hacking your network and gaining access to the robot. You also had to kind of go in and basically reprogram um, the processors from the inside, but it was possible, Gons. Is this similar to the voice-to-skull technology? Uh, kind of. Uh, I mean, it, it uses similar um, concepts in that instead of uh, listening to actual sound waves with the microphone, it reads the vibrations right. uh, that refracts the lasers. So it, it, it's similar in that it is those vibra- vibratory patterns uh, in bone conduction. Uh, it's basically opposite of that, but it uses similar. Um, <laughs> it's the same, but but just the exact opposite. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you get it. <laughs> Cool. Well, there you go. So there you go. You know, on, uh, you know, on, uh, what was it? Was it the dark night where, um, Batman, uh, gained access to all the signals of every phone and he could map the entire city. Uh, and that's how he found the Joker. I don't know. That's I'm like asking every the wrong person. Yeah. You're well, asking you the can wrong basically person. do the same thing with Roombas, but instead of everybody's phones, you just activate your whole city's Roomba force <laughs> to, uh, help you find the evil villain. You know what's going to happen? The, the Roomba is going to give away positions of like underground military bases, just like the uh, the Fitbits Fitbit. did. You know, we got these robots cleaning the floors of the dumbs, you know? I was thinking that. Yeah, if you think about like, uh, you know, who would they spy on? Maybe a, an ambassador or something. Yeah. They're in their super secret uh, American embassy bunker. And just an innocent little vacuum cleaner comes rolling around during the secret meeting. And all of our nation's secrets are revealed. It'll be like uh, some guy will just go around shooting at the, the floor vacuums. You know, what are you doing? We're giving away our position. We must just. <laughs> Destroy the Roomba, get him! <laughs> um, you know what's kind of, I didn't really think about it till now, but uh, these researchers kind of have a lot on their hands. Who's funding this, these research? Somebody, some anti uh, robot vacuum uh, benefactor is. <laughs> Is paying for these researchers to figure out how to hack Roombas and turn their LIDAR system into spy microphones. Maybe this is uh, funded by Bissell or some traditional vacuum company. (laughs) I say it's Bezos. Is Bezos. It's always Bezos. Always Bezos. That's all I got. Okay. Well, good luck to all of us with Roombas or vacuum cleaners that do vacuum on their own. All right, yeah. a few handful of updates here, and then we're going to roll through some stories. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 33 is the number of completion of the Great War. We obviously need our 33 update, 33 being the Illuminati dog whistle. And per usual, KVIA.com, New Mexico has a record 33 new virus deaths with three in Doña Ana County. So, yeah, 33 new virus deaths. It's usually just 33 new cases, but 33 deaths is, uh, you know, it's a stronger headline. Yes, uh, it is much stronger headline. Where is this county? Where is this place? In New Mexico. 
Ah, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, stay safe, New Mexico. Yeah. Don't be one of the 33. Don't uh, do it. The second 33 update I have, it's kind of a double. I was watching um, watching some, uh, 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 what's it called? The, uh, the old show there, Twilight Zone. And in season okay. two, there's an episode called Odyssey of Flight 33. Have you seen this one? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's Flight 33. The the airplane is called Global 33, and they basically hit this Whoa. this uh, this uh, sound speed of sound, and they time travel back to the dinosaurs, and then they try <laughs> to hit the sound the speed of sound again, and they Sweet. come back to New York, but like a few years too early, like 30 years earlier, and uh, yeah, it's pretty intense, man. And then the next episode, okay, it's called uh, Mr. Dingle. Um, uh, let's see, Mr. Dingle the Strong. And on this episode, th- these aliens come and they give this weak old man some like superhuman strength. And I'm watching cool. it, and uh, there's a scene here where this guy throws a football, and he's uh, he's he's the guy, this Mr. Dingle, and he uh, he has like superhuman strength because these aliens give him this the superhuman power. And this mm-hmm. this taxi cab rolls up, and first off, the taxi cab license plate is six zero six like six underscore six. But then um, another thing uh, I noticed, uh, which was very weird because when it, when it first pulls up, you don't see the number, but then the name of the taxi is globe uh, taxi cab company or something. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and he rips off the uh, handle because he's so strong and he, he's giving the handle back to the taxi driver. And there's a giant, well, not giant, I guess. There's a, the number 33 on the bumper of the taxi. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's very uh, it's purposeful. It's there pretty purposeful. So I think. Okay. Uh, so I what does this some, mean, Gons? I, 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 it just means that uh, whoever are behind the 33 signaling has been there for a long time, even during the Twilight Zone days yeah, in television. Um, global taxi number 33. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get you into. got him. What a great. <laughs> 40 year old, <laughs> uh, maybe even more than 50, that. 60, 60 50, years old. Yeah, 60 year old, 33 update. Well, now you're updated, folks. Now you are updated, and uh, you know, always uh, good to watch some Twilight Zone. They were ahead of the curb in, in terms of uh, you know, oh, yeah, they're, showing they're us what's full going of on. funky, uh, you know, secret messaging stuff. Yeah, all right, so moving on here, this is uh, some mind control stuff. Mind, mind control, control intensifies. intensifies. Because, according to RT.com, is this a joke? New York Governor Cuomo wins Emmy for his televised coronavirus briefing. Twitter meltdown ensues. What? (laughs) What? I could not believe this story. Uh, Twitter has popped a fuse after learning that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will receive an Emmy for his televised coronavirus briefings, pointing to his state's high death toll and Cuomo's spotty record of transparency. Oh, uh, so it's the governor. It's not even his newsreader brother. No. It's the actual governor getting this. Yeah. Uh, the Democrat was selected oh for the honor, usually reserved for individuals in the television industry, quote, in recognition of his leadership during the COVID-19 pandemic what? and his masterful use of TV to inform and calm people around the world. The international Emmy said in a tweet, I, I, I thought this was a joke. He's- 
You know, these award shows, they're just desperate. They know nobody, they're realizing nobody's cared for a while. Right. Uh, and so now maybe this is just their way of making this. This seems like a PR play. You know, if we give an Emmy to a, the governor, maybe more people will care about the Emmys. Yeah. Several people commenting that they thought it was a satirical new. It was from satirical news site Babylon B, which it, that's what exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like a Babylon totally. B headline. Cuomo wins, a, you know, Emmy award for for press conference or whatever. But uh, yeah, th- this uh, I don't know, man. This is like clown world in your totally face. Totally clown world. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Cuomo wins wins an Emmy for his performance. Good job, Cuomo. You're a star, kid. It's clown world, but also it's sort of tipping their their hand. You know, they're like, hey, these are all actors, governors. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, I mean, he really had me uh, had me going. I truly believed that he was a politician, yeah, and not just a you know (laughs) good at pretending to be one. Yeah, the, the the idea that politicians aren't actors. Uh, out the window for uh, it's not just the, the skeptic. Actor, it's the actor based reality thing we've yeah. got going on. Have we, we've, that was a while back, right? We talked about the whole actor based reality. Yeah. We've talked uh, about it. Phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All well, right. So there you go. There you, you go. Uh, best actor for pretending to be a politician, <laughs> which just steamed Trump even more. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Trump didn't win an Emmy. Did you think Trump ever won an Emmy for like uh, uh, one of his reality uh, shows, Apprentice or whatever? No, I don't think so. Okay, if he well, did, somebody... they, they, it's been revoked because <laughs> <laughs> they have the power. They wouldn't yeah. be good liberals if they let him keep that. Um, okay, uh, somebody mentioned in the chat that we're thirty-three days away from Christmas, and if you Ooh. count today. I think that might be true. You know, the other so, thing is uh, up, in, in California, the whole lockdown, the, the Newsom lockdown that nobody's enforcing, not even the yeah. sheriffs. The, uh, the last day of that lockdown, because he said one month, is mm-hmm. December 21st, which is the winter solstice. Which is also when uh, the, the uh, world is going to end, as according to the 2012 Mayan uh, prophecy that was actually meant for 2020. Right. Uh, did you ever get this explained to you? Because I just yeah, recently I did. did. I did. Yeah, we mentioned it on because the show, Because of the too. switch from the Gregorian calendar and everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we've got to make the, the math work. Yeah, so the math works now. So it's been nice knowing y'all, but uh, don't worry. Quarantine will be lifted in California uh, the day the world ends. So Beast system just, revealed from Periscope saying he was born on December 21st. So, yeah, beast oh, system revealed. Maybe you that, are. That explains everything. <laughs> explains all the things. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on here, we're going to go with the food stuff here i'm hungry uh this is the world economic forum tweeting out the taste of the future and it says scientists in israel are creating plant-based meat that has fat blood and muscle doesn't that sound good cool sounds delicious yeah fake meat that uh is pretending like it's real meat the steaks are created by powerful 3d printers Powerful uh, printing different layers to replicate a steak without the need for a cow. So, um, you know, th- this is the same type of deal 
as uh, the other story we had the other day where they, you know, they're getting uh, stem cells and they're creating meat from human mm-hmm. stem cells. And yeah, uh, it's not cannibalism to eat your it's own not cannibalism. stem cells. You can avoid that entire argument if you just do this, where, you know, they, they, they don't kill any more cows. They're yeah, sacred. I mean, get used to it, folks. This is what we're moving into. I know. India is going to love it. They're going to love the yeah. non-cow states. Yeah, that works out for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all set up. Okay. All ready to go. Okay. So, uh, yep. Grow your own food, folks, because uh, it's, getting, it's getting weird. And lastly, I have, oh, did I not set up this jingle? I don't think I did. Did I lose it? I think I lost it. It's a, it's a space update. Do you want to, do you want to mouth it? <laughs> Since space, you do all, space, all the sounds. Space, 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 space. Want to go to space? There you go. Perfect. This is newspatrolling.com. Ooh, Ooh news patrolling. Cool. And the headline is. Sweden aims for space at Bengaluru Tech Summit. Woo. And uh, it says here that the Sweden, I'm sorry, Team Sweden participated in Bengaluru Tech Summit, the flagship technology event of the government of Karnataka. And uh, with a country session called Sweden India Space Technology Collaboration for a Sustainable Future to support ongoing and future dialogues between the two countries in the field of space technologies, ground station networks, R and D and innovation. And uh, here's the kicker here at the very end of the article. It says miss Cecilia Hertz, CEO of umbilical designs, kind of a weird name for a company made a presentation on space technology and agenda 2030. Ah, there it is. How Sweden is spearheading the use of technology in the work to implement the global goals. So there you have it. Uh, they want, uh, I haven't heard much of the, the uh, cultivating of space technology in, in the context of Agenda 2030, other than uh, some you know, brief things about the, uh, uh, there's like a world society type of thing. Um, I forgot the name of it, but uh, you know, here it is. Sweden and India working together to uh, use space technology as part of the way to bring about the plans for Agenda 2030. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. You know, in this article, it says Sweden and India have an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding, in space since 1986. Mm-hmm. And the area of uh, for collaboration was further mentioned, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, Sweden and India, they've been, uh, they've been on the team space for, I don't know, coming 25 years now. That's interesting. And do you remember if uh, the last, I think it was the last episode of the one before that, we talked about how uh, Modi came out from India, mm, prime yeah. minister or president. I don't know. What is, what's the, uh, what's his official yeah, title, title? The boss. The boss, boss of man. India come out and say, you know, hey, we need a new world order. That's agenda 2030, the great reset, the whole deal. So they're all yeah. in on it. Everyone is in yeah. on it. And yeah. uh, maybe we even Trump that, is in on it. But not not so blatantly, not so obviously. But we'll have to see. Uh, so that's what I have we'll for the have updates. We'll have to see. We'll find out later. Um, that's all I have for that. I do have this mask story because this was basically the story that I wanted to do last episode that got kiboshed by Basil. Yeah. But uh, but they they summarized it into one easy article. Yes. So let's uh, okay. let's let's get that going here. If you're working alone. Wear a mask. The mask's not for you. 
is to protect the people you care about. Now is the time to do what you're told. Uh, this is actually an LA Times article, but I have the Yahoo News because uh, LA Times has firewalled me with their, you know, asking me for money. So sure. uh, let me do this real quick and then I'll let you, I'll hand it off to you. Face mask trial didn't stop coronavirus spread, but it shows why more wa- mask wearing is needed. Woo! Let me uh, uh, repeat that again. They're not letting me into this thing either. Well, that's why I have the Yahoo article here. Let me. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Let me let me put that in there so you can uh, you can follow along. Uh, uh, yay! Okay. Again, logic would say what? Uh, back in the early days of the COVID nineteen pandemic, researchers in Denmark decided to conduct an unusual experiment to test the infection fighting power of face masks. Masks. The same way they'd evaluate a potential vaccine or drug. At the time, mask use was not recommended by Danish health authorities, and fewer than 5% of residents used them outside hospital settings. Those conditions made it possible to conduct the first and only randomized controlled trial of the face coverings. And by the way, the, the information I had in the last episode regarding this Danish study was that a whole bunch of Western uh uh, uh, medical publishing uh, platforms like the New England Journal of Medicine, they did not publish this study. And I think you'll you know why. Say. Yeah, I think you'll know why. The researchers recruited more than 6,000 volunteers from around the country who spent at least three hours each day with people from other households and didn't wear masks for their jobs. About half of these volunteers were chosen at random to receive 50 surgical masks and were asked to wear them wherever they left home, uh, whenever they left home for the next month. The other half did not get masks and served as controls. Over 95, uh, overall, 95 of the 4,862 volunteers who made it to the end of the study became infected with SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus that caused COVID-19. That's an infection rate of just under 2%. Mm. Here's, here's the big kicker here. But no matter how the researchers sliced and diced their data, they could not find a strong signal that the volunteers in the mask group were more protected than their counterparts in the control group. Classic. Okay, so they could not find evidence that the masks did anything. In a typical clinical trial, this is the point where researchers would say their intervention didn't work. But in this case, the investigators went the other way. The problem, they said, wasn't with the masks. The problem was that people didn't use masks enough. Does that make sense to you, Basil? (laughs) Makes total sense. (laughs) So the masks didn't work. So instead of saying, you know, uh, the data shows that uh, the masks don't really do anything to protect you from the COVID, they said, no. We yeah. Need more well, masks. And this is, yeah, this is exactly why we need a separation of uh, the science and state, because <laughs> at this point, they're just trying to do whatever they can do to make the state right about something. And especially where was this? Was this in Denmark? Yeah. Are, are they're, they're the guys having all the big, uh, big anti-mask riots right now, aren't they? Yeah, Not the anti-lockdown. I think anti lockdown protests. I, th- I think they won some of that. I think some of the, the lawmakers uh, uh, pulled back Did they some stand of their. Down? Yeah, they stood down on some of the, the stuff they were trying to implement, like police I officers. I wonder what that's like to actually mean? have a government that responds <laughs> to your protests. Well, they that's also had people you. protesting for weeks or a couple weeks. 
you know, really yeah. dedicated citizens there, not like America where we're like, you know, go on a, go protest and then uh, back to whatever they're doing in their basement. Yeah. Well, of course, this story uh, just puts in plain and simple writing what uh, we and a lot of other people have been saying for months now is that the, just the data isn't there. But it is funny. Uh, it just says right there, uh, you know, in regular scientific uh processes you have a hypothesis you run the experiment and then you observe the findings of the experiment to uh, see if your hypothesis was correct or not but in this case uh, you just uh, disregard it you say oh no it doesn't match the hypothesis so they they did it wrong you need more masks (laughs) we need to obey the government well, here's what I don't get because science is truth was the standard put forth by Lord Fauci, Lord uh, yeah. Yeah, Daddy Fauci, but uh, the science didn't show it and they still went the other way. <laughs> the science- I know. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's exactly it. It yeah. just shows that uh, the scientific establishment is trying to be, I mean, they're just trying to be our daddies. You know, that's kind know. of how it is with parents out there. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's factual or not. You you got to do what your parents say because they say so. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. And uh, that's what the that's kind of sounds what the, at least the the uh, Denmark government is trying to say with this study. Yep. Yep. And uh, that's about it for that. I mean, I just want people to have this article available to share with normie friends or whatever during Thanksgiving when you're breaking all kinds of protocol and being with your family and shouting at each other, which you're not supposed to do because <laughs> you're going to give each other the, the pandemic Rona. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. And um, the, uh, so the no agenda show, Adam Curry, uh, I, I can't remember who exactly brought it up. Adam Curry or John C. Dvorak there. They had a conversation regarding Cuomo, uh, not Cuomo, Newsom mm-hmm. um, and your new California holiday rules. Right. Yeah. And uh, the, they made a point about like, eh, it sounds like they don't want people to get together with their family because they're going to start talking about how this is all nonsense. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah, it really is. And I'll connect that with uh, the, the experience that I've been having recently with uh, all these people that I know uh, testing positive for coronavirus. I think I mentioned that last episode, right? Yeah. There's like three or four people. Again, good law abiding uh, liberal Democrats who they just can't possibly understand how they possibly got uh, the coronavirus. I mean, they don't support Trump. So uh, they shouldn't be getting the coronavirus. But anyways, um, none of them had very serious symptoms at all i mean they all tested positive they had uh either what they would describe as a cold or a flu for a few days and i was talking to them and uh, it seemed like a lot of them were starting to ask questions if all these uh lockdowns and rules and mandates and fear was uh becoming if it was worth it or not to avoid getting the coronavirus and I, I, none of them wanted to admit it but i think they're starting to realize that they've been duped when lib joe's actually having covid when the lib joe's start asking questions newsome you really dropped the ball buddy 
you, you really messed <laughs> the, up. The ranks, the lines are breaking. Yeah. They need to hold rank or else this is all going to fall apart. This is uh, bad news for Newsom. He's going to get whipped in yeah. his, uh, his secret society meeting. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you might like that. Okay, moving oh, on. Um, no. Next story. Yep, let's do it. The New World Order is here. A new world order can emerge. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Somebody was sharing this around, and I'm sure you've seen it on social media. This whole idea of how 2,300 years ago, long before Islam, Arabs discovered that forcing people to cover their nose and mouth broke their will and individuality, deprived them, made them submissive. Uh, Modern psychology explains without a face, we don't exist as independent beings. So, yeah, just another little thing to add to the whole mask idea. I did not hear that. Where did you hear that? Oh, it's just a little screenshot that's been going around. And uh, face covering masks are ancient tools used to break people down psychologically. This is the beginning of deleting individuality. He who does not know his history is certainly condemned to repeat it. So there you go. Yeah, there's a little picture there of people with masks, masks and whatnot. So. Uh, there you That's have interesting. It. I'll have to look into that. You got to look into these things, Gons. You can't just trust every screen shot know, that comes your I way. I know. I know. But anyways, let's get into this. So I'm coming from the BBC.com. So you know it's going to be good. The article is titled The Coronavirus Pandemic, Great Reset Theory, and a False Vaccine Claim Debunked. <laughs> Okay. Speaking of people go. waking up to, to the truth, what are they going to do about it? <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay. Uh, Justin Trudeau and the Great Reset. We start with the revival of the baseless conspiracy. I love this. They're re- <laughs> throwing baseless conspiracy theory is just the full term now. Yeah. You know, so listen to this. We start with the revival of the baseless conspiracy theory known as the Great Reset. (laughs) Come to think of it, Gons, have you seen any evidence like on any uh, official websites or speeches or anything from, uh, you know, authority figures around the world that actually said anything about the Great Reset? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, never mind then. My point doesn't stand. Uh, which claims a group of world leaders orchestrated the pandemic to take control of the global economy. The conspiracy theory has its origins in a genuine plan entitled The Great Reset, <laughs> drawn up by the World Economic Forum. The organizers of an annual conference for high profile figures from politics and business, the plan explores how countries might recover from the economic damage caused by the coronavirus pandemic. The WEF recovery plan has been interpreted as sinister, first by fringe conspiracy theory groups on social media and then by prominent conservative commentators. Is that us? No, that can't be us. Prompting tens of thousands of interactions across Facebook and Twitter. Tens of thousands. I think that's a very uh, underestimated number. It started trending globally on Twitter last week when a video of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau at a UN meeting saying the pandemic provided an opportunity for a reset went viral. This sparked fresh claims from people within Canada and further afield that a cabal of global leaders is using the pandemic to introduce a range of damaging socialist and environmental policies. I mean, I think even by definition... Wouldn't the WEF technically 
be defined as a cabal of global leaders. Yeah, they're like the, the billionaires trying to get together. That's literally what it is. Yeah, the yeah. World Economic Forum, and I'm not even trying to say this metaphorically. <laughs> the definition of the words cabal of global leaders is what the World Economic Forum is. Yeah. Okay, moving on. When asked about conspiracy theories at the end of the week, Mr. Trudeau said, quote, I think we're in a time of anxiety where people are looking for reasons for things that are happening to them. We're seeing a lot of people fall prey to disinformation. Um, what he means to say is fall prey to the wrong disinformation. We want people to fall prey to the government's misinformation, right. not from other people's. A video from August, which now has close to 3 million views on YouTube, believes only Donald Trump can thwart this secret plot, which uses COVID-19 to bring the U.S. economy to its knees so reset can begin and people will be begging for vaccines. See, and this is where the uh, the old propaganda switcheroo comes here. The straw man when it comes to yes the straw man of oh it's a trump thing um not you know people like you and i gans who just literally read straight from the world economic forum has nothing to do with trump but in this uh, little debunking article here you got to throw trump in there so it triggers people's uh, emotions yeah uh, but the suggestion that politicians plan the virus or are using it to destroy capitalism is wholly without evidence. Uh, so, too, is holy. the notion that the world... <laughs> holy. Holy without evidence. Not a single you know, they, shred they love this. of evidence. There's a cup- yeah, there's a couple of terms that they just love. Uh, one is without evidence. They'll throw in without evidence. I mean, you, you there's... Um, every time they talk about election fraud or anything, they always say without evidence, without evidence, without evidence, that little, it's like a little nice little spell to cast on yeah. things. Yeah. And the other one that we pointed out earlier was, hmm, uh, oh, uh, oh, hold on. Were you talking about the, uh, that first part baseless of it? Baseless conspiracy theory, yeah. baseless and without evidence are the, the two magical words to trigger people um, into disregarding what you're talking about. So, too, is the notion that the World Economic Forum has the authority to tell other countries what to do or that it is coordinating a secret cabal of world leaders. Again, maybe the word secret in there is what makes it a false statement, but it well, certainly is a cabal of world leaders. Well, yeah, the, before you, I mean, we don't have to go into the rest of it because it goes into some, um, it just, it, again, they take some of the, the wild fringe claims and they try to debunk it, which is what a lot of these mainstream outlets do. They'll take like one Facebook post of some outlandish right. claim and try to make it seem like that's what everybody who's against it. That's what they all think. Uh, yeah, but th this line here about the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, not having the authority to tell other countries what to do, it's it's almost like because that was our point. Remember how in the last episode Oops. we were talking about how yeah they're not like out saying we are forming a world government. It's like no, it's already <laughs> happening, and there are a, a lot of things we don't see that uh, allow these individuals to even get to the place of political authority where they're at in different countries around the world. And, um, so yeah, of course. And what are you going to say? Okay. Maybe from a normie perspective, even from a normie perspective, mm -hmm. you're looking at these world leaders, you're looking at Trudeau come out and say, we need a great reset and agenda 2030 and the UN blah, blah, blah. Like he says all the trigger words. You have Modi yeah. come out and say it. So 
even if it's not the World Economic Forum, like holding a gun to the heads of these people saying like, you must say it or you shall, I don't know, uh, lose your life or whatever it is. It doesn't, that's not how it works anyway. You know? Well, right. That's, that's where the deception in this uh, article, you know, this paragraph uh, is. And again, if you're just somebody who doesn't know about the World Economic Forum or the Great Reset, you just kind of like saw this article, you would just believe everything in this. But in this last uh, paragraph here, so too is the notion that the World Economic Forum has the authority to tell other countries what to do. Well, it's not about the World Economic Forum having the authority to tell people what to do. It's the leaders are already on board yeah. with whatever the World Economic <laughs> That's how Forum they got to the, the, the place right. where they're at. That's their representative of the, uh, the ideas and plans of the collective, uh, in their words, cabal of world leaders. Well, is, and, and right there with that one little sentence, they completely misrepresent uh you know the actual facts of the story and create an entirely new you know the straw man counter narrative that will take root in all these poor uh innocent little normies just trying to live their lives well the other thing too is that you know is the notion so it's it's not the world economic forum dictating all this it's it's the satanists let's just finish the <laughs> sentence here you know it's, just, it's not it's not them it's the people above them you know yeah come on well, let's, and let's you, you don't even need to go that far i know, into I know. It, i'm yes. just saying, i'm just saying <laughs> this baseless conspiracy theory gone <laughs> it's a big circle um yeah. we're, we're short on time so we can we can drop this one we can move on if you're ready unless you have some other no, wanna... I'm done. I mean, that's just it just wanted to point out the the type of language that they use to to do their thing which one did you want to skip no, I didn't this want to skip one? anything. I just want to get oh, through everything. Oh, no, I'm so. done. I, th I think we got it the point across. Okay, cool. We got a couple CRISPR updates here. Okay. CRISPR. Cast 9. This is dailymail.co.uk, your source for absolutely true news. Huzzah. Israeli scientists kill cancer cells with groundbreaking DNA-altering treatment they compare to using microscopic scissors to target tumors. That's a, again, always with the fantastic full sentence headlines that give you everything yeah. you need to know. You don't really need to That's even read the, the whole Good thing job. there. Uh, but we've been, we've been tracking a lot of technology coming out of Israel and they've been getting a lot of press recently. Uh, have you mm -hmm. noticed that we've been, we've been tackling it and letting you guys know about it, but here I'll just read the bullet points. Researchers at Tel Aviv university have used CRISPR Cas9 to kill cancer cells. The study on mice is first used the uh, to fir uh, is first to use the gene editing tool to kill cancer in the body. Professor Dan Peer said he hopes the treatment will be ready to be administered to humans in two years and will eventually go on to replace chemotherapy. Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Carpentier won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry this year for creating the gene editing technique used in the study, and we know about that. We know about uh, you know the creator of uh, CRISPR winning the Nobel Prize. Uh, but mm -hmm. there you go. Israeli scientists, the first to actually kill cancer cells using CRISPR. And this was always, you know, ever since we started talking and tracking CRISPR years ago, we kind of knew that this was coming, right? We knew that this was going to cure cancer. Yeah. Well, that was the plan. Yeah. Yeah. So no surprises there. Um, but just, uh, you know, keeping track of it. And of what's, course, uh, comes out of Israel. What's, 
the story we did about the actual reversal of aging that was uh, done, was that in Israel too? Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Wow. So in one week, Israel defeated cancer and uh, reversed human aging. aging. Yeah. Reversed aging. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. They're getting down to business over there. We're all trying to convince each other to wear masks or not to wear masks over here. And in the same span, they cured cancer and defeated death. Yeah, but all the people doing it over there are also wearing masks. So Is there some yeah. sort of secret cabal we don't know about? <laughs> you know, something to point out, too, with, um, with a lot of like these life extension type of stuff. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. One of the characteristics of the days of Noah, longer lifespans. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's something okay. to keep in mind. Well, I got another fun thing from Israel and CRISPR. CRISPR. Cast nine. This is from uh, NoCamels.com. Uh, that is literally the name <laughs> of the website. NoCamels.com. Israeli Innovation News. I feel like there's some sort of cultural thing I'm not understanding. Either that or they're anti-cigarettes. Okay, we'll just go with that. The headline, (laughs) Israeli startup says it has edited cannabis plant gene to resist fungus. Ooh. Ooh. Um, This article, uh, Israeli startup CanBreed said it has used gene editing technology to alter a gene in the cannabis plant to make the plant resistant to powdery mildew, a fungus that can be deadly for the plant. Can Breed said uh, that to the best of its knowledge, this is the first time a commercial company has managed to perform genome editing on a cannabis plant, which I thought was interesting. I thought if any plant uh, besides tobacco would have already been experimented uh, with gene editing on, it would have been cannabis. But to their knowledge, this is it. The editing was done using CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing. (laughs) Technology. It is very hard to use the CRISPR technology on the cannabis plant, said Ido Margalit, CanBreed CEO, in a phone interview. Through the use of the technology, the startup's R&D team, composed of geneticists, molecular biologists, and agronomists, edited a gene that expresses a protein responsible for creating sensitivity to powdery mildew infection. So... Um, I will say it's not the most exciting thing they could have done to the cannabis plant using CRISPR, uh, but it's a start, Gons. No yeah. more of that fungus. <laughs> yeah, really exciting. The uh, the the crowd, the 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 pothead crowd, they're probably yeah. very excited about. Yeah, get that mildew these. out of here. Get that mold <laughs> out of here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they can find a way to. Maybe they edit out. The, uh, the, what did they call it? Oh no. Where did it go? Uh, mm, mm, powdery mildew. And yeah. they can edit in some, uh, magic mushrooms. Oh, it's hybrid, hybrid plant. Yeah. Hybrid, I, I, uh, fungus you know, cannabis. Oregon won't know what to do with themselves. I like the precedent being set here by the, uh, the Israeli tech sector. Reverse mm-hmm. aging, cure cancer, uh, Fix cannabis. Yes, protect cannabis. Protect cannabis. Three, it's a very <laughs> three top national <laughs> three priorities, and they did it. Uh, fact checker bot, does cannabis cure gout? 
Okay, let's move on before before you get too upset here. One more story, and then we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll bring on Justin and Wes Fall. Sounds good. Uh, This one is a AI beast system story. Artificial intelligence. Speaking of the beast system. This is, uh, do you have something to say? Sound like you're. No, I was just just making noises. (laughs) (laughs) Was that your gout talking? No, Uh, stop it. Futurism.com. To teach an AI to pursue goals, scientists made it play an RPG. And uh, the article states, artificial intelligence tools like GPT-3 can mimic human writing in a somewhat convincing way, but fundamentally they're learning patterns and then emulating them. They don't understand what they're actually doing. In order to train AI to use language with intent, scientists from Facebook and the Georgia Institute of Technology dropped an algorithm into the middle of a role-playing game. I like that. What are you going to do today? I'm going to drop an algo. Uh, Drop that algo, bro. (laughs) MIT Technology Review reports, the idea was that by giving the AI a specific quest to complete, they can teach it to pursue goals like a human gamer. And maybe even move toward a deeper understanding <laughs> so, of language. So not very well then. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depending <laughs> on what level of gamer. Yeah. What goals? What goals are we looking for here? It's not to get a job. It's yeah. to save the princess. This is where this is the giveaway. In the game, the AI agent played as a dragon. <laughs> who was tasked with specific missions like hoarding gold to succeed. It had to speak to other AI agents or humans playing the game by inputting specific commands, just like in any other text based adventure. The results were a bit clunky. The dragon would make nonsensical threats to make characters do what it wanted. But in the end, the AI agent succeeded according to the team's research. Uh, And then it goes into Couple, well, a couple more paragraphs. The dragon did need some help along the way. The researchers pre-programmed it with an understanding of how different characters might interact, which they referred to as giving it a sort of common sense understanding of the game. But even with that assist, the results are uh, an exciting glimpse of future AI that might be able to process what words actually mean and what impact they may have in the real world. So there you go. An AI dragon is learning how to be a better gamer and that will impact humanity uh, for a transhuman future. Speaking of the- Oops, I didn't mean to do that. But <laughs> oh, I thought you were just dropping the mic. I, it, it was a good one, but uh, I, I was trying yeah, to hit this one it. here. Are you ready to become cyborg? And merge with there the dragon? The dragon AI? Why do we... Even- why do we even need humans to play the games? Can't, can't the games just play themselves? I think that's what they're proving with this. You know what this reminded me of where the AI didn't know if AI was, you know, if it was speaking to other AI or humans, if you mm-hmm. kind of flip that around, you know, in the Bible it talks about like, you know, you would make sure, you know, you, you entertain angels, you don't, or entertain everybody because you never know you might be entertaining angels. That that's kind of a. It's almost like you're creating that little world inside the AI, like teaching the AI how to be more human. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, from an industry perspective, um, you know, there's this issue that has kind of floated around the game industry where if you come out with a new game, especially if it's a, um, you know, a multiplayer game. PUBG had this problem. Uh, Player mm-hmm. Underground's 
Battlegrounds, which is kind of this game where uh, like a hundred people are dropped onto an island and then you just kind of battle it out to the last team standing or last man standing. Um, That game had a huge problem where not enough people were playing the game to fill each of the rounds. And so they just loaded it up with a bunch of bots. Mm. Um, So it was literally just bots playing the game. And some people, you know, you could be the only person in a game or like one of a handful of actual human beings playing with like 97 bots. And it was no fun, but it is another, it's, it's from an industry perspective, it's kind of a problem, you know, faking, Um, And they would all, you know, have fake player names. They were trying to convince everybody that they were actual actual players. Um, But, yeah, it's really created this kind of weird Ouroboros of (laughs) you create a game. Nobody plays it. So you just create a bunch of AI to play the game that you made for humans. Yeah. That's kind of sad. That's going to welcome to the AI future. Yeah. The virtual reality future. <laughs> that's, you know, that's true. It's almost like, um, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a really obscure reference here, but there's a, a movie called over the moon. It's like a kid's movie. It's about the Chinese, oh. uh, you know, the, the immortal goddess, uh, princess who lives on the moon and, you know, she has a whole concert and everything up there, but it really the huh. fans and all the, the living creatures there because she has this yeah. like immortality juice uh, that she drinks is um, is her tears. So every time she, she cries, the tears turn oh into gosh. living entities. And so, oh. you know, she's got all these fans and everything, but they're all just her tears. Oh, it's, so sad. It is very sad, but also, you know, kind of what we're doing with the bots. You can well, be all by yourself. Some... Just to answer Epony Blaze's question in the chat, is it possible to compete against bots and ever win? Yeah, well, that's how you kind of knew that they were bots. They were actually not very good at the game. Ah. And uh, I played it a few times and I won every single game and I felt very cool. Um, and that's when I found out that I was playing against almost entirely all bots. That <laughs> You're all, this is too sp- easy. What is going yeah, on? I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm winning like every game I play. <laughs> oh, um, I'm playing yes, bots. And they were all bots and they're all very bad at the game. Um, but it reminds me of the, have you heard of this? Oh, I don't know the name of it, but there's a social media network, uh, uh, where the whole point of it is you join the social media network and it automatically populates with like, uh, like a million followers. Like you just get a million followers. Yeah. I, and I think all of them are bots, but it was advertised as like, want to be famous, join our social media network and you'll start with a million followers. And it's literally just so you could live in your own little bubble and uh, you have your social media account and you post a picture and a million fake followers like it. So you get like a million likes on every, oh, yeah. on every post. Yeah, maybe that's why our and numbers you, are so low. <laughs> we need well, more the bots. wild part about it, the wildest part about it was that they, they, it was explicit. Like they weren't tricking you. Right. It literally says, join our social media network. You'll have a million bot followers. They'll like and love everything you do. You're going to love it. Come and join in. You know, there's no trickery involved. Right. And so, you know, I don't know. It's just very sad. Why yeah. would somebody join that knowingly? Uh, set up an applause machine directed at your face all day. 
they're they're trying to make the bot army a cool thing. You know, you know how they they yeah. flipped everything else. Uh, Might as well make the bot social, army cool. Uh, tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah. The key, trying to make bots acceptable. Especially bots rights. Especially having a bots rights. <laughs> bots, especially since we're in this time of social distancing. And everyone's all alone, but not if you join us. You can have a million yeah. bot followers that make you feel like you rule your own kingdom with a bunch of little bots. I and, mean, uh, that is a great point, though. I mean, yeah, I, the, I the social, the social <laughs> twisting, the double speak of uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the personhood of robots. It's yeah. like a bot should not be looked down upon. It's a it's an AI and deserves love and respect just like the rest of us. So let millions of them like my posts because and, they're the only ones who care. And that's how a lot of the AI are going to learn everything is going to be from you know individuals that are feeding it uh, personalities and you know reactions. Some people are going to be evil in their little bot empire and you know rule like a, a dictator. Others are going to be more. Uh, gracious leaders, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these things play out. But yeah, I think, I think it's part of the, the social construct, the social engineering, getting people to accept bots and everybody having their own bot army. Yeah. Uh, you know, Basil's true love makes a good point. Uh, they say, I mean, that's what it's like to be a celebrity. I guess if you are a celebrity and you do have 10 million follow, I mean, you're already in this weird narcissistic. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, this narcissistic uh, simulation bubble where, yeah, you have so many followers, but, uh, you know, you lose the sort of content of their humanity. Yeah, yeah. You might as well be being followed by a million bots. Right. From from their perspective. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break and yeah. then uh we're gonna bring on Justin here. We're we're cutting it close on time, so let's make the break quick. You ready? Cut it close, baby. It's break time. Come on, take a break. Okie dokie, folks. We're gonna take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because after the break, we're gonna have Justin and Wes fall. Uh, on the show live to talk about the a new film that you're just gonna you must you must hear about it's fantastic uh, but first we're gonna thank some of our producers for today's show uh, today's show episode uh, 269 of canary cry news talk now if you're new to the show let me let you know here you, you hear me talking about producers and producership and things like that and you're thinking to yourself that's weird. I have not heard one advertisement this entire show. Well, you're absolutely correct, dear listener. Uh, we, you may have noticed, we don't do any ad reads at the top of the show. We don't do any ad reads in the middle of the show. We definitely don't do any ad reads at the back of the show. Um, instead, we are on the value for value model. That's right, folks. And uh, the value for value model is, is a beautiful concoction uh, a, a construction rather where let me tell you a little bit about advertising first first of all advertising it uh, it helps a lot of shows pay pay the bills helps a lot of people uh, make a living but the problem is uh, advertising is so wrapped up with big data and privacy concerns as well as being this force that puts value on media who are brand friendly that's right and uh 
let me tell you here, folks, we're not brand friendly. Uh, but also, we made the decision that we don't want to consider our listeners, our dear, dear audience uh, who give their trust and attention to us three times a week. Uh, they're human beings. Believe it or not, no bots here, baby. You're all human beings. And uh, actually, the bot problem is a big problem in advertising because we could, there are services, Gons, where we could pay uh, some guy in Russia to load up a thousand Android phones to watch the stream live. And so we could trick our advertisers. But instead... You know that we are entirely uh, funded by our producers and our producers are our listeners and our audience uh, who we have decided that selling their trust and attention to big corporations for our own personal gain is just not the right move for us. Uh, we make a lot less money, but we're able to sleep at night. So it's a big benefit. Plus, it's also a benefit to our producers because they're taking their media future into their own hands and actively rebelling against the stranglehold that the advertising industry has over content creators. Uh, much like YouTube now, you've heard us read the email uh, last episode. They're coming out and they're saying, look, we don't care if you're monetized. We don't care if you want it or not. YouTube reserves the right to advertise on all videos and you don't get a penny and that's the situation we're in i wonder if there was any ads that played on our stream today guns we'll have to keep track of that but anyways let me get straight to the point we are going to thank some new producers who decided that this show is uh valuable enough to them whether it's in education or entertainment or news analysis or uh whatever it may be uh, they decided that this show is worth keeping alive and we thank them very very much and i'm going to start out over on patreon.com ccnt it's one of the easiest ways to become a producer and Gons, are you ready to thank some Patreon producers? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. First of all, we have producer Ted. Thank you very hey. much, producer Ted. Thank you, producer Ted. Ted talks. Ted, <laughs> Ted talks. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, next, we have producer Kyle. Hey, producer Kyle. Thank you. That's right. And producer Kyle upgraded his support. And uh, as I always say, oh, this is Kyle Sport, I think, in the chat. Thank you, producer Kyle. Um, uh, it's hard enough to get new producers. It's even harder to get current producers to upgrade their support. So thank you very much. Next, we have uh, producer Firebird Television. Uh, who came in during the show. So last second there. Thank you very much, Firebird Television. I don't know who you are, but uh, you seem to be a phoenix rising from the ashes. We'll have to check out Firebird Television. And that's it for the Patreon account, uh, Gons. But for those who don't like Patreon, we totally understand. Some people uh, don't like Patreon. We support you. Uh, that's why you can head over to CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. Woo! That's, That's uh, right. Can it, oh, uh, oh, you were you were on your thing. Um, it looks like it's Kill Sport, A Y L L. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, excuse me. Kill Incorrected. 
over here okay, in the chat. Okay, we are corrected. Um, CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a great place to support the show, uh, especially if you don't like Patreon there. Uh, there's a real rundown of the value-for-value uh, value model if you want to understand more about it. Uh, you, you can also get some info about the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames, which is our honorary group of uh, producers who over the years have given in the amount of $1,000 or more. Um, but who do we have coming in as uh, producers on the PayPal guns? PayPal. First up, we have producer Michael. Michael. Thank, Thank you very you. much, producer Michael. And he left a note for us. Currently have lost my sense of smell and taste. Uh-oh. Quarantined, Whoa. but still in the fight for Christ. Felt led to send you my tithe bless- blessings from Montana. So thank you for that. Yeah. And hopefully, wow. uh, well, that's very special. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you're, you're going to be okay. You have a uh, 99 point. What is it? Uh, seven, seven, I think percent yeah. chance of survival. So, uh, yeah. We'll- so losing his sense of smell and taste. Uh, that's the, the uh, coronavirus symptom. Allegedly, yeah, that's that's Allegedly, what everyone says that gets it has uh, that that issue. There was this funny video going around of this guy who his only symptom was he lost his sense of uh, taste and smell, and he made a I think it was a TikTok or something where he was just chomping on onions and drinking lemon juice and slurping down uh, <laughs> spoonfuls of horseradish just to prove that that was the case. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I taste nothing. Blah blah blah. Hopefully he made a few bucks off of it to yeah. pay for his hospital bills. That's <laughs> true. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, producer Michael. I think he's the executive producer of this episode by a hair. Yep. He so is by a hair. You that. You, that, that extra little bit, Michael got you across the line. Yeah. Uh, next up producer Valerie J. Thank you, producer Valerie. thank you, producer Valerie. I think that's a J your little cursors in front of it. And I can't see it exactly, but I think it's Valerie oh, J. Sorry. Uh, yep. Thank you for that. And then also producer Goy Muzzle. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting name. Goy Muzzle. I, I, I know the reference here. Um, you, you, you know, know the, the reference? reference? I mean, well, not no. the, the direct reference, but I think, uh, I think the idea no, Goy here is, is a that, non, non-Jewish person. Yes, exactly. And a muzzle. Are we is talking about masks? Is yes. this a goy wearing a mask? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, thank, thank you very you much, that. producer Goy Muzzle. Feels weird to say it, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, we it love does. our producers. <laughs> the names of our producers are fantastic. Uh, we also have producer Martin. Thank you very much, producer Martin. Thank you, producer Martin. And we also have, last but not least, producer Ciara. Thank you, producer Ciara. Uh, producer Ciara has been so. Um, uh generous generous yeah consistent is what i'm looking for okay yeah consistent and generous Uh, she sent a note she actually sent in a couple uh support uh, amounts here i sent money twice one congratulations shimura family thank you very much and number two sorry for your loss basil sending love Happy Thanksgiving to both of you and God bless. So thank you, Ciara. We really appreciate it. Um, Those are all the treasure producers. And uh, you can also support us with cryptocurrencies. Uh, The the market is pumping, but uh, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash crypto to get all the insights there on how you can send us some crypto. 
You can be a knight or a dame if you uh, keep track of how much you're giving financially, and we will do that on the show. Uh, we don't have any jingles today from any producers, uh, but that's another way you can support the show is with your talent and time, and that's where jingles come in. But also art. One art, please. <laughs> we have a couple pieces of art to present to you today. First up. Yeah. Oh, you got some? I was just going to say a little light on the art today, art yeah. producers, but that's okay because we needed, we actually, it was light on all producers, but that's okay because we need to keep this break quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first, Allie coming in. Uh-oh, I got to shrink Ooh. this alley or uh, this uh, artwork a little bit here, make it fit in the screen. But here is a portrait of Gavin Newsom. Gruesome Newsom. Gruesome Newsom. <laughs> It's again fantastic rendering, and it says, "I sit on the throne of lies," <laughs> or "I sit on a throne of lies." California's supreme leader. He really is supreme leader, and the rules don't apply to him, so don't ask. Yeah, don't don't think that that the, he's doing what he's saying. This is really a great rendering of gruesome. Look at know. that! You did a great job on that one, Allie. I know. Great job. Fantastic. Keep it up, Allie. Thank you so much for that piece of art. And we also have a couple of quotes from uh, producer Grace. Uh, okay. We have, well, there's two of them. One of them is like a cartoon strip. I'm going to do that one first. Do you want to okay. run us through the robots and children part 5,000? Yeah, sounds good. I'm waiting for my stream to catch up. Well, so I, I can, have oh, it wait. in the dock. Ah, yes, you you're right. Down. Okay, I'm going to the dock. I'm going to the dock. I'm a professional. Okay, let's see here. Oh, yeah, this is great. So it's Robots and Children, Part 5000. So we've got the little uh, the little Moxie robot we talked about last episode. Uh, you know, the one who's here to teach our children uh, social skills, etc. And so you've got little Moxie in the first panel saying, Write a letter to your mom of all the things you love about her. Given the, the child a nice little mission to uh, grow those those social skills, uh, it is writing little missions for your child. Super innocent. I hope a hacker does uh, does not get wise to this. Here's your next mission: go to mommy's jewelry box and put it in the mail and send it to Embodied Corp at six 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 Avenue, Silicon Valley. <laughs> That's right. Very good. Thank you. And uh, just a beautiful. Uh, uh, rendering of exactly what I expect this evil little robot to teach our children to do. So thank you very much for that. Um, oh yeah. And all for the low cost of $1,700. Right. So, That's yeah. Moxie, the robot. That's Moxie. You've got to yeah. remember Moxie. Yeah. Okay. And fantastic uh, job on that. And uh, the second piece of art from grace is a quote. These are the quotes from, uh, this is from November 20th. Episode six, uh, I'm sorry, episode 268. Why do they all have scary laughs? I wonder if they are all being coached by Satan. Satan. That's Very a reference. Good. Thank to, you, producer uh, Grace. The Bezos laugh there. <laughs> there That's Miss G Beauty in the chat. Yes. And that's it for the art today. Uh, yeah. I think, yep. And uh, thank you to Javel, which is Ali. For uh, for doing timestamps on the uh, last few episodes on the Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, and mm -hmm. also make sure to check out Canary Cry merch birch. That's right. If you want your Canary Cry, 
Sorry, I forgot about the jingle. I'm not used to having the jingle yet. Yeah, keep but if you're it. looking for your uh, Canary Cry merch, CanaryCryMerchPerch.com is the way to go. And if you're new to the show and you're unaware, uh, that is run by producer Dust. Um, so it's a family affair, Canary Cry family affair here. And we are so thankful. Um, and there's new products going up all the time. Make sure to get your Canary Swole Radio Gym shirt uh, with a very... Uh, beautiful rendering of me as a buff <laughs> bird um you're gonna want to make sure to get that but thank you producer dust for running canary crime merch perch and remember all that stuff is sold at cost to make it available uh for all but you do have the opportunity to uh tip the webmaster which please do because it costs money for dust to run that thing uh you can tip the artist or tip uh Gons and I. if that is just your thing you can go ahead and do that yep oh okay Looks like our guest is online. We're going to end the break here. And uh, you ready to go, Basil? I'm ready, Freddy. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Wake on up, folks. All right. I need to do a little bit of finagling here. Justin, Fall, Westfall, you guys are online. How are you guys doing? Hey, what's going on, man? Guys, I see, uh, I see one human and one alien or something with goo goo eyes. We're all human here. <laughs> Wink. I'll just call you gentlemen. <laughs> hey, uh, is our screen frozen? It is frozen. A I'm trying bit. to. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to figure this out real quick. I'm trying to get Basil back in shape do, here. Um, I really, you know, you didn't give me my my money, my check. So I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure that you, you gotta guys pay a premium if you want flawless technical transitions. Yeah, yeah I was back a little bit. So you're telling me that you didn't get your Trump check that I sent you? <laughs> the Trump check? Wait, you were the one sending out the Trump checks? It's sitting right next to my Obama phone. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> you're all welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, I'm I'm loving watching this live uh, technical work uh, Gons is doing. I'm, By the way, doing a great job, Gons. Basil, you have you're a giant guns. light hitting behind you. It's hitting the green screen. I can't do anything about it. It's from the window. That's okay. Close your window. Left, you can't close your window for podcasting. Open. No, I can't. It's not like you can Dude, see outside. He's wearing just, his Oculus, man. Let him just let him veg just, out. Let me, just let me be in the zone, man. <laughs> so this is basically what was going on when we were at a Burning Man. I, I was going to say. And he was just completely on a trip inside of his Oculus. And he wasn't even like acknowledge that I was there. <laughs> I was saying, man, this virtual Burning Man experience is so realistic. <laughs> I was going to say, the last time I saw you guys was at Burning Man, correct? Uh-oh, I, I lost right. Basil. Oh my gosh. We're I so... thought it was regular tea that I was drinking. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got spiked ayahuasca? I don't know what it was. <laughs> well, for those listeners who uh, are not aware, if you're kind of new to the show, what was it? 2018, 2019 was uh, uh, the years that I made it out to Burning Man, joined uh, uh, Carl Tykrib and uh, the whole team out there. Um, he was doing some research there. And uh, don't worry, folks. I was just showing up trying to, to do research, okay? <laughs> That's why I saw the uh, the fall brothers out there is a great time that's right we were out there uh, looking for bill johnson and chris valaton because we heard that they participate every year yeah did you end up finding them 
No, no, man. They, uh, you know, the, the whole Bethel tent over there is just, they're so busy, you know, doing angel boards and, and, you know, tarot cards. You just, you just can't seem to get to them. <laughs> Big carnival. <laughs> well, crazy. you know what? Totally if they're going to do it anywhere, that's the place to do it. Um, so what, man, it's just been so long since we've spoken. How are you guys holding up? You seem to be continuing to, uh, to do the Lord's work through all this quarantine nonsense. There's really no other option, man. I mean, we're facing it just like everybody else is. And a lot of things, I mean, just taking time off to be with the Lord and seek his focus, seek his face, uh, just to get direction on what to do next, because it's, it's really vital times that we're living in. You guys know just as well as anybody else, um, even more so, but um, yeah, just seeking his face, man, trying to, to stay grounded on what's on the truth and not to be taken away by all the speculation. Everybody's got something to say. There's so much chaos and confusion going on. So we're just, um, you know, wise as serpents and um, harmless as doves. Sometimes harmless, not always. Yeah, until <laughs> I try. I'm, that's like something I'm trying to be more harmless. I want to be more like a dove, but it's just, it, it's a lot of work. You know? yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe we could have like a cage match. We'll see who's more harmless as a dove. <laughs> And so we'll know who the better Christian is. <laughs> when I know when I think of harmless as a dove, I think of Napoleon Dynamite doing that little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the cage match will turn into an interpretive dance uh, competition. I I would pay to see that between you two. I'll judge. Well, well, if Gons would pay, that's where you got to make a buck somehow in yeah. this world. Um, okay, so. Gons, did you have any uh, anything you wanted to talk about? Did you see them well, at uh, at a I don't know what's another music festival? I'm so uncool, I don't even Bonnaroo. It's not a music festival because if you read all of their literature, they're very clear it's not a music festival. That's true. That's it's true. A okay. Ritual. Yeah. Don't this misrepresent you, the 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 high occult rituals that are happening in the land, Basil. Make it sound like a music concert. You successfully burner shamed me. Good job. <laughs> I got a little close and my eyebrows got singed. And then somebody was like, dude, it's just a sacrifice. Be grateful. That's what you were offering. <laughs> it's just the cremation of care, bro. Be cool. Yeah. Um, it, okay. It's, it's like a cremation of care. It really is. Like that's yeah. what I was thinking while yeah. I was there. This both, is both the burning of the man and the temple as well. Both. Yeah, well, they even explicitly, if you look into the the history of Burning Man, I mean, it was kind of started out, I believe the the now, the guy who gets the credit for having started it, I believe his buddy had cancer or something. Now, I, I don't, I'm going to get it all wrong. So, but they basically created the first Burning Man basically as a cremation of care ritual for, uh, you know, helping his buddy get through a hard time. Um, so there you go. Congratulations. But that, that doesn't count for us. We're there for research. So, yeah, yeah. well, I, I wasn't actually there for research as much. I was there pretty much because we were just preaching the gospel. I mean, we were gathering a little information. Yeah, we were researching, but really we were, uh, we were utilizing any opportunity we had to preach the gospel, to share Jesus with people. And because most people that are out there, you know, they're looking for an escape from the real world. You know, they're they're right. looking to get away from their problems it's and everything vacation. like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, for some it's a vacation, for some it's a party spot, and for others it's a it's a religious uh, a mecca, like it's Absolutely. like a mecca pilgrimage. And so we we really wanted to capitalize on that, and we wanted to meet people where they were and tell them that there is only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. And you know, praise God, we man, we were able to pray for people. I mean, it, it was awesome. 
Um, I mean, granted, there's a lot of, of debauchery going on. Uh, and, and I was ready to come home, uh, obviously. But we knew, you know, we knew that the Lord opened up some opportunities for us out there. And uh, that's that's what we were doing. It was it was uh, I, I personally had a great time out there witnessing the people. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's awesome. And you know what? It's great to hear uh, that it's almost become a yearly um you know, tradition for groups of Christians go out there and try to be a good, um, you know, be a good presence and, mm-hmm. and uh, win souls and help guide people who are looking to be guided in that way. So um, that's awesome. Okay. But let's get down to business. Yeah. What are we talking it. about today, Gon? So, uh, you know, in, in these rough times here, politically, as we're recording this, it's a uh, pretty chaotic out there. And uh, people are taking sides on various issues. And um, it's a, again, the chaos has risen quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, early on in, in my research of doing, uh, learning about the New World Order, learning about the occult philosophies that underpin so much of society, I was pretty surprised to find that the origins of America itself were just shrouded in occultism and you know, the mystery religion tying it back all the way to ancient history and uh, all the rituals that were done uh, as part of something that you thought were just sort of things that you do in the, the United States, because it's tradition. A lot of it comes from the occult roots. And uh, one of the things that I was reminded of uh, was this whole idea that, you know, Washington DC and everything else is part of this plan, this great plan to, to revive Atlantis, the new Atlantis and um, you know all the things that that were documented in the first age of deceit. Uh, if uh, if you're familiar with that information, then uh, you're going to want to check out Belly of the Beast, uh, director's cut by Wes and Justin Fall here, uh, because it dives even deeper. I think it goes into some very specific things. Uh, it's got a lot of our friends. Uh, you guys interviewed a bunch of our friends, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Horn, Russ Dizdar. Too. What was that? They're my friends too. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they're my friends first. No, no, no. But uh, <laughs> Tom Horn, Russ Dizdar, Carl Tykrib, William Ramsey, and also uh, LTC Robert McGinnis. So you, you got a good mm-hmm. cast of people there that are very knowledgeable with this information. Um, but uh, uh, and I, I, only, I didn't get to see the whole film. Uh, you had sent me a link to it, and I got to sort of skim through some of it. Uh, but before we get into some of the details, what brought you guys to the point of wanting to make this film to begin with? Well, back uh, when we were in film school, we got introduced to the Chris Pinto films and uh, people who have, you know, eight hours, nine hours that they can sit down and watch those. They're worth every minute. Um, yeah. But as we, you know, we, we knew there was so much more like Chris Pinto. Uh, he, he just he put some amazing information out there. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things about a documentary film and, and Gons, I know you'll relate to this. You're never going to be able to put every bit of information into your film. Oh, yeah. There's so much out there. And, you know, when somebody makes a film, uh, there's so many critics. People are like, well, why didn't you put this in there? Why didn't you cover that? It's like, look, you got two and a half hours max. Well, unless you're gone, so you can make a three hour YouTube documentary. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, you, you have a limited amount of time that, of runtime and you have to really pick and choose. And so we took everything that we learned from the, the from Chris Pinto, but we wanted to go from a different angle. And so uh, we, we really for years, we've been wanting to make this film. Like, I can't stress that enough. We've been wanting to make Belly of the Beast since about 2004, late 2003, early 2004. Um, 
we've began to learn more and more about uh, some of the nation's foundings and some of the secrets of America uh, that just uh, have not really been covered in a lot of, of uh, you know, a lot of lectures or books or videos. Uh, especially one of the things we found that we'll get into in a little while is you know, there's a crypt, a secret crypt that's been built uh, in the Capitol Dome, you know, which we fully believe is a supernaturally charged uh, crypt. Literally, it's, it's a ritual room created for a massive satanic ritual. Uh, no one uh, who's going to watch this video will be able to say that they've seen this crypt before. Matter of fact, we couldn't even get into the heart of it, but we were able to get close. Uh, and we were able to get some footage uh, from behind the scenes uh, of the gate of the crypt. But the point of the matter is, there's a lot of things that we really wanted to uncover in this film uh, that we had just we'd never heard before. You know, we started to research these things and it's like, wow, no one's covering this information. And what's ironic is that we're now in 2020 and, and we're looking at all the things kind of shifting, possibly, uh, you know, a great reset happening. There's a whole lot of speculation about what could be coming. But regardless, it's like everything that, that's in Belly of the Beast director's cut, it's so vital for people to understand where we are as a nation and that the nation's founders actually had these things in mind. Yeah. So it's really scary to think that we've been trained that Americans, uh, America's founding fathers, you know, these, these godly Christian men, well, they really weren't godly Christians. You know, there were some Christians here, yes, but the majority, the ones, uh, the, the movers and the shakers, if you will, uh, the majority of the signers of the declaration, you know, these men were involved in very much conspiracy and they wanted an oligarchy even back then. Uh, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Bottom line is there's so much to talk about on this topic, uh, but that's why we wanted to do it because we felt like nobody had done this. Nobody had unpacked all of these bits of information together and connected the dots. Uh, I mean, we love Chris Pinto's films, but they're different. You know, they're, yeah. they're not what we did with belly of the beast. Right. Right. And yeah. Um, Part of the one of the things that I, that I shared in Age of Deceit three was one of Manly P Hall's final lectures, and he talks about how in the twenty first century the Brotherhood are going to come in, they're going to do a cleanup job, and it, because they've always been in the background, they've always done the cleanup job, and they're going to usher in the Prince of Peace, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the the that sort of alarmed me because of the narrative surrounding the Trump presidency and how he's going to drain the swamp and he's going to do this and do that. And that's why I'm very cautious. Even right now, as we record this, it's, you know, the election craziness going on and people taking sides on the issue. And are we going to drain the swamp? Are we going to expose the pedophile satanic ring and all this kind of stuff? Um, Sure. Maybe that is something to, you got to root for good to overcome, but is that being used as part of, the you know alleged reset type of situation where um, any kind of chaos out of any kind of chaos are going to bring some kind of order. What order is that? It's part of this new world order that they've been wanting to create, and that's been part of the agenda, uh, the spiritual agenda, not just um, you know an occult agenda where people kind of write it down, or not just a, a couple generations, but this is like a spiritual agenda that's been going on for centuries. And so it's pretty remarkable to think that we're at the stage where so many people are starting to recognize uh, the actual occultism that exists in this country, the origins of it, um, like the stuff you guys uncovered in this film. I'm not surprised. I'm 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 glad you were able to to put put together the pieces and find some things that maybe other people haven't. Um, but it doesn't surprise me one bit. You know, it's more like okay, m- more confirmation that this thesis about the the true agenda of this country 
is uh, is true and and accurate. Um, but where where do you where do you guys want to begin in terms of? And we don't have to go through all the details, but I'd like to know. Uh, you know, what was some of the the points at which you guys, even you guys as researchers, were like, "Oh wow, this is this is crazy that we kind of stumbled into some of this information." Uh, I think I think it's important to start off by saying that the official narrative is a lie. Uh, most people at this point who are going to follow this type of uh, broadcast, they know that most official narratives, while they contain a little bit of truth, they're official they're, with air quotes. Yeah, they're official. The fact that it's an official story, it's an official narrative, uh, that means it's been drummed up by a think tank somewhere, mm-hmm. and they present these things as facts. And so when we go back to the nation's foundation, uh, we, we have to get past this mentality that uh, you know we were founded uh, as a Christian nation because we were not, uh, we've never been a Christian nation. Uh, there's always been Christians here practicing because, yes, we, we've had freedom of religion. But we find out later on that the freedom of religion really was not about Christianity. And we've been, most of us have been told that. Um, I think most people who have been brought up in America with a Christian heritage, like if your family's kind of raised you with at least a little biblical knowledge, um, you've probably been told at some point that freedom of religion was an American thing for Christianity. Uh, at least that's that's you know how we were brought up. And what we're finding out is that this freedom of religion actually had nothing to do with Christianity at all. It was so that the secret societies could operate in the daylight if they wanted to. Right. Uh, that, that, that's kind of giving you the short version of it. But America, the name America comes from this other name, Amaru. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Amaruka is actually the name that our great nation would be called uh, based on Amaru, who is the serpent god down in Peru. Now, in Quiche, he was called Gucamatz. In Mexico, uh, he was known as Quetzalcoatl. Most people are familiar with Quetzalcoatl, the, the plume serpent god. But in America, Amaruka. Our name literally means the land of the plumed serpent god. That's what the name America means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've been told that Amerigo Vespucci and Christopher Columbus and blah, 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 the Native American Indians and Trail of Tears. Well, look, let's just go back before that. Okay. The mayor of New York, actually, he was more than a mayor. Uh, well, I don't even remember all of the different titles that DeWitt Clinton held, uh, but DeWitt Clinton, uh, prominent. Uh, historian even i'll even call him historian of his day in new york uh he is on record saying that they have found fort ancient fortifications that are proving that there was a race of advanced civilization here on this continent long before the native american indians so that begs the question well when did the native americans get here because when they got here they were telling stories uh you guys probably know the stories of them passing down their knowledge about uh how there were giants in the land uh, they had six fingers and they would pick up a buffalo while they were running. And, you know, right. I don't want to rehash all the Nephilim stuff, but this is part of American history that there were giants already here. Uh, many believe they were fair skinned or white skinned giants that were already here in America before the natives made made their way here. And so we go back before then and you say, OK, so we, we now know that there was a race of people here before the before the Indians. And then we start looking into some of the religious connections of all this that you have all these artifacts and we show some of these ancient artifacts from America in the film uh, of Masonic looking uh, medallions and jewelry and, you know, ritualistic little uh, metal pieces. And the native Americans had all of this stuff. Matter of fact, uh, we show some of the, uh, some of the photos from uh, the early 1900s. Uh, actually it was, it was the early 1900s. I believe it was 
uh, where they put these things on display. In, the monograph? Yeah, the monograph, yeah. Yeah, it was early 1900s. Early 1900s, these were on display in New York. The New York Historical Society uh, did not cover any of this stuff up. That we have all of these relics, if you will, showing that the Native Americans had their own version of Freemasonry. It was very likely taught to them by the race of giants that was here before they got here. And you say, well, wow, that's crazy because at the highest levels of Freemasonry, we know they worship Lucifer, uh, Al, uh, Albert Pike, you know, uh, morals and dogma. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not this should not shock anybody at this point about the, the Luciferian craft. But if the, the Freemasons are essentially worshiping Lucifer, the serpent god, and then you have these Native American tribes that have their own versions of secret societies that we uncovered in the film. They're basically doing the same exact types of rituals, but their own versions of them in their own little lodges. And right. I mean, we, we document this in the film. It's actually mind blowing. Uh, we even have uh, some some photos, you know, some very early photographs uh, when you know photography first started kind of getting moving. Uh, we have some photos in the film we show of some of these Native American chiefs and tribesmen wearing Freemasonic style jewelry. Right. They've got no connections to the American lodge. Let's be really clear about that. Well, if you, if you want to go back even further than that, and we start this off in the film by saying that the Egyptians, ancient Egypt, knew about the Western Hemisphere. And you have uh, the Greek biographer, biographer Plutarch talks about it, um, even talks about them making it ancient voyages and, and coming, this, coming this far and making it to the uh, Great Lakes area. Um, you've got uh, Pluto uh, also talks about it in some of his works. So it's not just a matter of it wasn't even in existence and Christopher Columbus came over and just like discovered everything. And, you know, he's the guy to, to the, the big go-to guy. We believe this roots back to, to Babel. And that was the basically Pangea being separated when God came and laid the smack down. That was also the first time that you had um, the one world dictator, the one world government money, uh, you name it. That was the first shot in new world order. And it didn't work out well for him. It wasn't time. God came, he, he scattered them, he confused their languages, and they had to, to go up all across the world, basically, through that, uh, that dispersion uh, to start all over again. And now we're coming full circle. The same ideology from back then of this one world system, this beast system, it's now, it, it's come full circle. And so now we're seeing that the, the key to getting us there is going to be globalization. The key to getting us there is going to be to break down the United States to get everybody to level the playing field so that you can come back through and say, okay, we need to do this great reset. We need to do this new world order. Um, and, you know, call it what it is. That's what it is. It's a new world order. But paralleling or lining up with what the scripture says, there's a final world kingdom that's going to be led by the Antichrist. And that's the one that's being set up today for the Antichrist to come in and take the reins when it's time. I want to chime in real quick because uh, you mentioned Plato. People who study the occult arts and the mystery schools, uh, they're going to probably somewhat be familiar with Plato, the writings of Plato, because Plato, a lot of his works, he would, he's known for putting what's called a veiled reference. Okay? This is very popular in occult books, occult writings. You're going to find veiled references. That is, they put in a little bits of information that can be decoded by the people that know how to decode it. It's kind of like when you see a Freemasonic politician, you know, doing doing a hand sign or something that's very specific. Um, it's pretty obvious at that point they're doing that for a purpose. Uh, it's a veiled reference. There are little clues that they put in their works, little clues that they put uh, on their on their clothes, on their publications and their videos. You name it. Anyway, Plato in his works uh, was talking about this idea that there would be 
this massive end time. Keep in mind, these guys thousands of years ago were projecting a lot of end times prophecies. See, a lot of Christians think that we're the only ones that have end times prophecies, but you've got a lot of prophecies given in the occult world as well, many of which have come to pass as well. Uh, but Plato, he was referring to there was going to be this end times golden age, if you will. It was going to be a philosophic kingdom of the world that was going to rise to power. And, and get this, the method that was going to be, the, the, or we should say the, the tool that was going to be utilized to bring about this philosophic empire, this, uh, this awakened or this woke, yeah, exactly, this woke empire, they're going to be using democracy. That's what Plato said. Mm -hmm. Democracy was going to be the key that was going to allow all this to work. This kingdom was going to be based on the occult belief system of democracy. Now, that's going to sound like a shock to some people. They're going to say, wow, we, we live in a democratic nation, a democratic republic. Uh, we've always been told that it's a good thing. You know, we're all about democracy and voting. And, and look, I'm not here to, to bash democracy in and of itself. But the fact is, it's steeped in occultism. Democracy is an occult practice. It goes all the way back to polytheistic pagan religions. Democracy was their key back then. They prophesied that it was going to be the key in the last days. It was going to bring about this philosophic empire, which, by the way, you mentioned Manly P. Hall. Manly P. Hall said that America was going to be this beacon of light mm -hmm. in the last days. It was going to lead the world, mm -hmm. the whole world, right? Manly P. Hall said this. It's going to lead the whole world into this, this great awakening of the last days. Yeah. And I believe he actually used the terminology, a philosophic empire, where there will be a supernatural king. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. it, and it really taps into it, it, all the things we track on news talk and even, you know, Canary Cry Radio in, you know, the, the technology advancements, all the stuff that surrounds it. And, you know, we've, we've tried to make it fun and make it simple for people to consume the, the greater ideas uh, over the years with jingles and stuff like that. But yeah, it really does come down to a really, a, a serious, uh, again, a spiritual goal here of uh, the enemy. And one of the things you, you had a bunch of people you interviewed, uh, Tom Horn, Russ Dizdar, Carl Ty Cribb, uh, Robert McGinnis and William Ramsey, uh, which by the way, I've never seen William Ramsey in person. So that was interesting to see his face. We had, <laughs> we'd interviewed him a few times, a couple times, I think, but, uh, never saw, saw what he looked like, uh, for probably, I think he was in some court battles at the time. And, um, but Carl made a, a, a good point in the film, at least a part where I watched where, the, and you talked about this idea of democracy and this idea of uh, freedom of religion and the how Carl talked about how there's crosses all over yes. the United States to represent Christianity. But then if you go to the governments and some of the, the places that rule over us, you see a lot more uh, monuments to gods and ancient mythology and things like that. They're a lot more esoteric in nature. And so you have the two pronged sort of, um, you know, it's, it, it is kind of like the Hegelian dialectic. It's almost like allowing the, uh, a certain type of uh, ideology to spread in order for the true agenda to come forth later on, you know, laying the groundworks mm -hmm. almost and we, we've talked about this, Basil, where it's like, okay, freedom of religion, that also means that, that Satanists are allowed to say what they want to, uh, what they believe right. and get out there and say what they think and whatever. And, and part of, you can call it the beauty of uh, uh, the, the, you know, the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, those types of ideas is that we're not going to persecute you 
for saying these things publicly. You're allowed to share your own thoughts and you have the freedom to do so. And that's the beauty of the land. And on one hand, sure, that is good because you're not having a government step in and silence people that are against you. On the other hand, allowing everything means literally allowing anything and everything to be out there. And that's what we've seen in this culture now is this rampant open occultism through media and television, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's been there for a long time. It's been sort of the, uh, the, the credo of, of just entertainment in general. If you look at Hollywood, if you look at all that stuff. Um, but you know, I thought it was great that you had some of these guests on and, um, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, we love Carl, by the way, you guys are, you guys know Carl and we, you know, we've become friendly with Carl over the years. Uh, what was his sort of, um, uh, angle as to helping you guys sort of establish the narrative here for the film? He was, uh, he was kind of our, our globalist, um, expert. I mean, granted, we're all, we all study these things, but <clears throat> with Carl, He's been there. He's been to the United Nations meetings, World Federalist Federalist meetings. Uh, Matter of fact, you know, he's told us things that we didn't even include in the film, like some pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, The things that he's seen and he's heard. And uh, he's actually been in rooms at these these globalist United Nations meetings where micro rituals were taking place. And uh, it's it's unbelievable the things that he shared with us. But. Uh, the one of the main things we really wanted to bring him in on uh, was the indoctrination for globalism. You know, he was uh, able to come in and, and really break down how we have all—I mean, all of us and all of us here watching this video—we've uh, all been indoctrinated to a certain extent. Right. We've all been pre-programmed. We've all been conditioned. Uh, the the pump has been primed in all of our lives, so that it's not as much of a shock. You know, ever since we've all been born, our government has been involved with globalism. Our government has been involved with international affairs, uh, United Nations, NATO. I mean, I mean, you've got all you've got all these different, you know, these things going on that are just normal for us. You know, it's normal to hear about these things. It's not until you begin to study the Bible and you begin to study uh, the, the politics and, and the situation and the current events even that you realize that like this stuff is evil. You know, Council mm-hmm. on Foreign Relations, the World Health Organization. Uh, I mean, the, the economic forums, I mean, all of these things, even though they might seem normal on the surface because we've been raised in it, they're really, they're all like red flags to the Christian who studies the word of God, who actually understands that the end times are going to bring about the biggest deception we've ever seen. And if we, if we aren't familiar, you know, I love that, that old song, know your enemy by Rage Against the machine, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that, that song right there, like, I mean, that's some pretty good theology, right? <laughs> know your enemy. <laughs> but seriously, we have to know these things as Christians so that we're not deceived. Everybody could probably name at least 10 to 15 people right now, right off the bat, that they personally know that are completely brainwashed right now. Everybody in, everybody in the live chat, everybody that we know could probably name 10 to 15 people without even batting an eye of people that are brainwashed. They believe the system. They believe the official narratives. They believe all of these things. That America, you know, has has conditioned us to believe. Right. However, when we began to dig a little deeper and we began to look at the surface, even it's kind of like when you look at a car when, when you're standing far back and you look at a car that's just been washed. It's like, wow, that looks amazing. Like, like, man, I've got like an 11 year old Camry, right? And like, <laughs> it's black. And, and when I'm like 10 feet away from it and it's washed, it's like, dang, that's looking good. And then you get up about 10, you get like a little bit closer, and you're like, oh man. 
whoa, whoa, I didn't know about that thing and that scratch. And, and that's really how the American system is because like from afar off, it's like, wow, this is great. You know, you know, uh, founded on God and family and principles of the Bible. And, but then you get up close and you're starting to look at the things on the surface, such as, you know, I mean, just walking through Washington, DC, any, I, I don't understand how a spirit filled Christian could walk through Washington, DC and not feel the demonic presences of all the statues and the idols mm. and the altars and the shrines. I don't get it. Uh, but we walk through DC and we start to see all those little scratches and those dings and those, those failures, things mm. that are, that go directly against the faith of Christ. And so that was one of the things we want to point out in the film, how the mall area of the Washington Monument, you know, you got the Washington Monument on one side, and then on the other side, uh, you have the Capitol Dome. And between the two, you've got a massive field. They call that the mall area. And what most people don't realize is that that's actually a power generator for an occult ritual. Right. And this is going to sound crazy to some people. I get it. You know, I, it sounded crazy to me when I first started to learn these things. But it's kind of like, uh, what was the the reference in Ghostbusters, Wes? This, this is actually a really good a Ghostbusters oh, that, reference. That uh, the charged building that um, at right. the very they're fighting on the on the top, and uh, you know Dana or Zul and all that uh, was going down. It was it was it was a building that was built, and I forgot exactly all the details, but it was built by some occultist, you know, years bef- uh, beforehand, and it was um, you know coming to the culmination of time where the all the energies were being harnessed, and that veil was being pierced so that the you know the the demons could come through. Yeah, they based the the architecture on ziggurats and ancient uh, portals and things like that. I just watched Ghostbusters, so I'm familiar with what you're talking about. (laughs) We just watched it, too, in 4K. (laughs) So the reason I bring up that is because uh, it's very well known, even in Hollywood and in the occult world, it's well known that there are certain types of structures and architecture and ley lines and placement uh, that occultists really believe that by doing this, this, and this, and this, that it's going to somehow create a supernaturally charged object. And I I have no reason to not believe that this is true. Right. Uh, as a Christian, uh, I don't fear these things because I'm going to go wherever I need to go. Matter of fact, if someone were to try to poison me, you know that that verse about, you know, they'll drink poison and won't die. You ever anybody? The, yeah. Some some charismatics take that too far. OK, <laughs> um, snakes. yeah, like the, the snake salvation show, you yeah. know, but uh, I say that that's when we're when we're living out our faith, when we are doing the work of the kingdom, you know, it's kind of like when Paul got bit by that viper and he just shook it off like no big deal. I got this, you know. Yeah. And everybody on the island of Malta was like freaking out because Paul just got bit by a viper. They're like, surely this guy is getting what he deserves. He's, he's probably a, a murderer or a criminal. Um, and then they wanted to worship him as a God because he didn't die. Yeah, That's a good example of how God provides for his people. When you're out in the mission field and you're out doing something specific that he's called you to do, he's going to protect you. So when I walk through DC, I'm not walking around in fear. I'm not, I'm not walking around worrying about the fact that I'm standing in the middle of an, of a, an occultic power generator. I'm more so wanting to get the information out so that people can get educated and realize what DC was built for, why they chose this location, why they built the street layouts the way that they did. Like, for instance, the Capitol Dome is actually called a temple. Does anybody has anybody ever heard this? Like this, this is a fact. The Capitol Dome is known as the Temple of Liberty. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, you can go over and look up the most approved plan yep. on the Library of Congress website. And they break all this down on the Library of Congress website. We went and saw it all in person, uh, but they admit that this is a temple. 
And in this, they explained how the entire city, like the way that they were building the Capitol Dome and the buildings surrounding it, that they were building all of these things to pay homage to the pagan gods, the, the complete pantheon. That's what Thomas Jefferson said. He's mm-hmm. quoted on the Library of Congress website. He says, we're going to design and build all of this stuff up to pay homage and honor to the, to the old pantheon of gods. Right. And then you look at the Lincoln Monument. You've got Lincoln sitting on his throne. And what does it say right above his head? It says, in this temple. Most of the buildings in D.C., the big major buildings, we're not going to break them all down on this program, but they are recreated pagan temples of the old world. Almost spec to spec. And you say, well, why would they want to bring all of this here? This is the new world. We're trying something new here. We're going to do something different because it's not new and it's not different. This was the fulfillment of all of the pagans, of the the powerful pagans and polytheists and occultists. History past. Their dream was to bring about this location. It was going to be a melting pot of all of these religions, all of these artifacts. Look, if Adolf Hitler and Heinrich Himmler were alive right now, and they might be in Antarctica, I don't know. (laughs) If they were alive right now. No, they're on the moon, bro. They would want to live here. I'm telling you, Washington, D.C. would have been a jackpot for Hitler and for Himmler because they were always trying to go around with the nerve society collecting artifacts and relics and all. I mean, this D.C. is the culmination of what they stood for. Resurrecting the ancient beliefs of the old world. Yeah. Well, you know, it, what's fascinating, it, 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 just to go back to what you said a little while ago regarding democracy and uh, regarding rituals, uh, to, I mean, I see the connection to even go along with the architecture of, uh, you know, the founding fathers and the, the paying homage to, well, former power sources or however they wanted to think about it. Um, but, you know, when you were talking about democracy, and that's a really interesting topic especially today where the rallying cry of every news outlet and every good woke person is, you know, this or that everything is threatening. Our democracy is very dangerous for a democracy. This is really going to get us right in the democracy. (laughs) Uh, There's like this obsession. Uh, And of course, you know, that goes back to the the conditioning that you're talking about, you know, as as a good as a good American, you got to love democracy and uh, forget about the fact that we actually live in a republic. But uh, democracy is is the system um, that supposedly should govern it. But right there, that, that what you just said right there, like if that has never bothered somebody, then they're just not thinking clearly. (laughs) <laughs> okay. No, no. What you just said literally has just paved through my mind a million times over the years since I first came to a knowledge of, of all of these things in 2003. Mm-hmm. We are a freaking republic. Yeah. Okay. A republic, not a democracy, but somehow, you know, go back to the founding fathers. They had the windows locked when they were signing all these documents. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis broke all of this down in the second chapter of the film. Uh, even, even says that it's a, it's an oligarchy. That yeah. It's not a democracy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, but and, this and, democracy and the people you expose and that we expose that the George Soros's and, and all these guys out there like that, they claim even high, high ups in the government that, that people, I'm not going to get into the name calling right now, but there's names that everybody's familiar with people in our government they say on record in private interviews that this is an oligarchy. It always has been. They've created this whole party system 
which uh, some of the earlier founders warned about. They warned about the party system. They don't don't allow it. Don't let it come in. But then they brought the party system, which was all part of the bigger plan, because by creating a party system, we can now control the people into making them think they have a voice. Mm-hmm. This is historic. This goes back to the early stages of American government. Uh, what was started off as a republic and seemed really great at the time, they ended up morphing it into a democratic type of union where people choose a side. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really we're now in the epicenter of that, you know, of, of the, the melting pot that's just bubbling over. Like you yeah. said, people are, you know, don't you know, Republicans for crying out loud. Republicans. My democracy, my democracy is threatened. You know, it's like, are you a Republican or, or what? What are you? You know, uh, I mean, you want to do the the, the Biden? It's in the name, bro. It's in the my, name. This, it's a republic. So I, I just want to show you guys. This is my this is my Joe Biden impression. <laughs> look how big that, look how big the mask is. It's humongous. You should go up the backside and pull a cornholio. I can see if I can do one of those. That'd be awesome. Just get the guy a hoodie. He can wear it backwards and just cut two eyes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you're as passionate about that uh that uh you know democracy issue as as I have been in the past. And you know, it's interesting you talk about rituals, you know, we're so upset with this democracy thing, but democracy also is really packed with these little rituals that are pretty fascinating. It's like uh, these little rituals are, are snuck into the daily lives of uh, maybe the uninitiated, but the successfully conditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even th- things all the way down to things as simple as like registration, for, you know, voting registration or showing up uh, to actually vote on a ballot. I mean, these all have these these little flavors of ritual to it. Um, but even in the structure of uh, a lot of different pieces of the American system, uh, there's a lot of ritual baked in as well. Even the judicial system. I mean, you have a seal in every courtroom. You have, you must stand up. You must sit down. You must raise your right hand. You must do, you know, as an American, you, you, you really uh, integrated until like dozens of these little rituals that if you kind of like the car thing, you take a couple steps closer, you're like, wait, why is my whole life ruled by these little rituals I have to do? And if I don't do them, you know, somebody has some legal authority to get me for something. Is that kind of part of the spiritual, uh, uh, I don't know, this, this sort of spiritual empire of this new Atlantis system that you guys were exploring? I think it is a, a lot of what we talk about in the film. Matter of fact, we have an entire chapter of the film where we get into rituals. We talk about yeah. rituals. Talk, uh, Carl Tycrib, Russ Dizdar, they do a great job breaking down some rituals, uh, uh, you know, what we would call rituals of the deep state. And, and I really hate using the term deep state. I, let me say this. I don't think I've ever said this on a program. You know, we're old school. We woke up in 2003 and we've been calling this thing the shadow government, you know, the new world order. And the reason I don't like using the term deep state is because it really pays credence to this new wave of neoconservatives that think Trump is is dumping, is draining the the swamp. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, I I don't hate Donald Trump. Matter of fact, Gons and I are probably on very similar pages. We've talked about Trump privately. We've talked about Trump publicly together. Um, You know, in the beginning, uh, Gons was more optimistic than I was. Uh, We did a program before he was even president called uh, Trump. Uh, the darker side of prophecies, something like, I forget what it is. It's had a bunch of plays. It's on my YouTube channel, but we broke all these things down, uh, connections with Trump and Israel and Jared Kushner and, and all just weird stuff. 
And this was all before he was our president. And so, you know, Gon said, let's be cautiously optimistic with this guy. You know, that was some really good advice. Um, and they've, they've been so good at what they do mm-hmm. that they've got me even wanting Trump to be the president again. Just like that's, Biden. Yeah, that's how, that's how thick the deception is, is that people like us who are awake and know that it's all bull crap, they've got us so much just not wanting Biden to be president. And it's right. like, though, because it's like, it's like the, the same new world order is controlling everything else behind the scenes. They've always controlled. And, you know, but that's how thick the conditioning is guys. It's yeah. so thick that it's even getting, like, I mean, <clears throat> I was even thinking to myself, like, man, I really don't want Joe Biden to be the next president. And it's like, but I mean, is he really going to be much worse than Trump? I, you see what I'm saying? Like these right. mindsets. It's this Hegelian dialectic that's really tricked a lot of people into consenting to the this corrupt kind of occult system in general. I mean, if you you take the the time and look deep enough, you know, you really shouldn't. Uh, you know, I hate to be so anti-establishment here, but like you're saying in your uh, your film, sort of uh, illuminates is that the whole structure of the system is. Uh, is working against you spiritually if you're trying to, you know, hold to, uh, you know, biblical or, or Christ-centered spiritual worldview. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's exactly what this whole system is set up for. This it's whole so system, tricky. it literally is to, it creates a mindset that it's hard to break once you've been raised in it. Like, Think about if you're, what was it, Henry Kissinger? I forget who it was that, about, you know, if you want to control society. School systems. Yeah. Yeah, Kissinger said you to take control of a, of a society, you get the children from, you know, kindergarten through high school for eight hours a day. And right. <laughs> it works, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's right. a paraphrase, but. It's hard to break out of that. Like, it's so hard. And some of the information that we were getting into in the film, it was really hard to deal with because, you know, we've been... Man, I want to I want to hit on some things here that are like just absolutely crazy. It's like drop well, let, it, bro. let me just drop a few things here. Um, anybody familiar with the Osiris uh, ritual about in ancient Egypt? You guys familiar with uh, yeah. What, yeah. What, what happened in ancient Egypt with Osiris? Yeah, mm-hmm. got chopped up. The the breaking of his body and the <laughs> stars and the what well, we've run through it for the um, for the listeners. All right, you want, you want to take that part? That's fine. I wanted to say something else first because we're kind of getting to this point. Um, and Justin was mentioning the deep state, and I'm the same way. And you know, we're on the same page here. It's a shadow government. They're trying to build the new world order. Um, just call it what it is: the Great Reset. You know, it's it's a new world order. It's a new system that's coming into play. So um, a vital part of the film is is breaking that down. What it is? What what is the deep state? What is the shadow government? What's their purpose? And McGinnis was key in this. He wrote a book on it: the deeper state. And the three levels that he mentions, one is the bureaucracy. So the, what takes place in D.C., uh, the, the lawmaking and, and how um, how we're going to interact with the world um, domestically and foreignly. Mm-hmm. And then underneath that, you have a second level of the shadow government or of the deep state. And that's where you have the secret societies. That's where you have the think tanks. That's where you have the deep pocketed individuals who are funding terrorism all over the world, including uh, within the United States. Um, and then underneath that, you have the rituals because that's the third level of this. And that's where they tap into the spirit realm to be able to get direction and be able to get power. And um, like you were mentioning with the different rituals, even including uh, included in and in going to vote and, and, and democracy itself, 
there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that are that are done without the people knowing, without their consent, without them being aware of their participation within a ritual. But then there's also um, and I guess they probably gain power from that, too, somehow by trying to uh, deceive people into getting into their system and, and participating in it. But the, what we focus on in the film, as far as rituals go, um, are how the well, one one prime example is Bohemian Grove. And I'm, I'm sure that the majority of your viewers are familiar with that. Um, but we, we look at that as being like a great example of the third level of uh, these people are they're hell bent on seeing um, seeing this vision through that's been passed down, like I was mentioning, from Babel through the esoteric societies all the way down until today. And even with this one, with the raising of Osiris ritual, which we can get into in a second, um, that's been it's been just, you know, carefully passed down uh, step by step so that it, nothing's missed. And so that it's um, th- that same end game is still being played out today. And that's where the rituals come in. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't run around too much there. But um, no, I mean, show- you. You make a great point, even with with such small rituals. I mean, even uh, I'll just take like uh, registering to vote or casting your ballot or something. And it seems not if you're talking if you're talking about magical rituals or something, it seems fairly benign and and fairly, uh, you know, unconsequential on sort of a magical level or whatever, however you want to think about it. But you convince, uh, you know, 150 million people to all do it at once. Uh, you know, it's really cast, you know, the, the, the power is stored up. It, yeah. Repeating it 150 million times. Even, even. Masks. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. That's a great point. <laughs> even if the ritual simply is to convince people that uh, the election process is real. Yeah. Well, it, you know, you have, somebody went through that uh, ritual 150 million times. So we must be convinced that the system works and therefore accept whatever we're told is the outcome. Yeah, it's like, uh, a, you know, it's, it's like a transfer of energy is really what it is. It's getting all of good. the citizens to uh, consciously agree to something where they may not know the full extent of the agenda, but as long as you do that little bit of registering the vote and making sure you vote and do all that. You're sort of, again, contributing to that in terms of like an energetic woo woo type of way. Well, Uh, and who's the most convinced that voting works? The people who participate. People who participate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, I I know some people that know that the whole thing is rigged, but still voted just because it's tradition, you know? And yeah, speaking of rituals, I just came to my mind. I'll just mention it and we can go back to the Osiris thing. Um, but I think one of the big rituals that oh, yeah, in American know. history uh, has been part of, uh, you know, just the public sort of thought process with democracy is protesting. Protesting mm-hmm. is a massive ritual because it gets mm-hmm. people to all sort of convene under one idea and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of march the streets and, and demand attention and stuff like that. It's a very interesting way to get the, the populace to sway in certain directions and um, that sort of conflict between the rulers and the people that uh, it seems like, and, and again, sort of on a basic level, there's something to it where you can fight for the freedoms of others and stuff like that. Uh, but if you're, again, it's, it's like that car analogy, you get deeper into it and you're definitely looking at uh, some sort of energy transfer, which is what the whole idea of ritual is. So, um, so get us back on the, the ritual of Osiris here. Cool. Well, that was everything you guys just said was spot on. That's uh, yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. 
Nope, we're going to clip that so everybody knows <laughs> the Fall Brothers think we're cool and we know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, on that on that note, man, you guys kill it. And um, I, we pray for you all on a regular basis. And I love um, love what you guys do. And we need we need more of that, man. The church needs it. And the church needs to step up. And I appreciate you guys being brothers in Christ. So oh, I just want to yes. say, like, like, Basil, like, you of all people right now in this, this place in your life, you have eyes to see. <laughs> hey, is that mask CDC compliant? Can you wear that to, uh, to Walmart? They let you in? Dude, I don't even leave my house. I don't even want to anymore. There's nothing for me out there. Dude, all, all I care about in this life at this point is Jesus and toilet paper, bro. There you go. And toilet paper can come in the mail. So we're set. That's new. That's new. I don't think you can get it. I get it in the mail over here yet. Dude, don't even get me started on bidets, man. I'll get you guys <laughs> oh, buying no. bidets. Wes, Wes had a bidet. Uh, we had, had a while we, yeah, we yeah. had a condo while we were in film school, and he had the the, the upper like suite. They were like these old condos from like the like the like late sixties, early seventies, And like he had the 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 suite, like the Brady Bunch suite, bro. He had a bidet and like yellow <laughs> tile and like. <laughs> I'm telling you, you are living the life, man. We can all live the life right now. Okay, you know but seriously, don't get me started on bidets. I will run this train off the we, tracks. We, like, do you have, have a bidet? Like, we you have, have like, a conversation about bidets, man. My uh, a friend of mine, his parents were um, were raised with them. Well, they're from uh, Cuba. One of them is yeah. from Cuba. I forgot where his mom was from. Um, but yeah, they had them in their house. They had them in their uh, their vacation cabin as well. And it's uh, it's life changing. It really is, man. It's life changing. We'll do a whole bidet episode. It was almost to the point, like, I know you can get the little aftermarket ones to put on your toilet, you know, uh-huh. and you can drop some cheese on that to get it done, but you have to have electricity to plug it into. And it's almost like, you know, should we go ahead and just get the electricity run, you know, an extra outlet over there by the toilet or what? <laughs> Look, if ISIS would have had a bidet, she would have found his 14th piece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing paper saving. Oh, man. <laughs> Okay, okay so, so, from, from bidets to bidets. Osiris rituals. that the Lord has made. I will no, stock, stockpiling toilet paper is a ritual that none of us should ha- be forced to participate on. And I'll end it there. Tell me about Osiris. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what a low blow, by the way, like just coming in and like telling people that they can't even, you know, wipe their rear end without... I'm- the I'm supply just, of we're conditioned we're conditioned we're you're deep in the system toilet paper though like yeah. like this, this is not a matter of a toilet paper shortage because your next door neighbor bought a bunch this is because they're holding back essentials intentionally to create more stress and more upheaval i don't know if y'all talked about that before or not i'm sure but well, that's why the bidet revolution that's how you fight the system <laughs> is with bidets <laughs> and it kills covid <laughs> Oh, but kills hey, COVID off your bum. But we know we've been uh, we've been tracking, and we were one of the the first to proudly uh, report the news from Israel. And now it's reached all the way to California. They're doing sewage surveillance, and they're basically testing the sewage for the the Rona, and uh, making plans accordingly to uh, stop yeah, the so spread. They don't, even, they don't even need to come test you. They just surveil the sewer for Corona leavings. And uh, they can pinpoint it down to, you know, fractions of a neighborhood. So, <laughs> speechless. Yeah. We made the Fall speechless. Brothers speechless. I know. Well, I think we, we just yeah. rocked your world too much there. <laughs> I'm re- I'm, I believe it. And, and it, it really, it sparked up. I was reading a, um, 
it was on the CDC website about concentration camps or whatever they're calling them, um, quarantine camps. Quarantine camps. Yeah. And, and speaking of the neighborhoods like that, I was reading it some weeks back. And one of the options is to just like they're pretty much have it now. You know, you quarantine at home, self-quarantine, that kind of deal. But then uh, the next phase of it would be to go in and and you find an area that you're going to quarantine, such as a neighborhood. So like this would be a prime example for them to come in and say, we want to get that neighborhood over there quarantined. Right. And, and so like, say, say that we're living, say we're in the same neighborhood, you guys have a house next to ours. Well, let's say that um, one of us uh, does have, oh, that's a bad example. Okay. If, um, if a person's in a neighborhood and they don't have the Corona, then they would swap houses with somebody who's outside of the neighborhood mm. uh, who does have it. Against and, your wishes, like they'll force you to house swap. Right. But, oh, but, wow. But by you saying that, man, like that's almost opening up the opportunity for them to be able to come in and do that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they could just place, uh, you know, place an infected person. Then you get put on the sewer surveillance list and then they, uh, yeah, a manufactured uh, switcheroo there. Yeah. Yeah. Connecting the dots, folks. That's why you get up a day. Hey, it's cool. It's cool that we can have a little like chat on the other side of things because like the the content in Belly of the Beast, it's like it's gut wrenching. Yeah. And like, you know, we when we get together, we always joke and, you know, goof off and have fun and everything. And uh, and that's important because it's nice to be able to have joy and fun even through Amen to that, the man. bad stuff. Yeah. But uh, oh, we have haven't to. even like we haven't even scratched the surface of what this film gets into. Uh, but I got to say, like, it's it's a big kick in the stomach for most people because most people already have a little knowledge about America and a little knowledge about D.C. and the government. But like we break this down with like documents, with things from the Library of Congress on location stuff from D.C. Um, we break down rituals standing in the actual site of the rituals. We take you mm. into the lodge in D.C. We show you. uh I mean, I, I, I just, it, there's so much, so much that's covered in this film. It's nice to be able to joke and like have a little comic relief in the middle of it all because it's, it's, it's crazy stuff. True. Yeah. And well, with this, oh, go ahead. No, please go. Well, I was just going to say with like, as, as crazy as 2020 is and continues to be, um, there's really no, I mean, it's going to be a new normal. It's not going to be going back to where we were. Why would they give up all this ground that they've taken? Yeah. Um, but with, um, with having that in mind, this film really gives a, an understanding to um, the ideology of the people who are making these things happen and who are who are controlling, you know, the 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 chessboard pieces that are being moved around strategically and on purpose to today to be able to achieve that end, end result uh, to get us to accept their final solution. Mm. So it gives a little bit better understanding um, in those terms. Like, what are we up against here? What's the whole purpose? Um, but um, yeah, that's all I was going to say. So basically, we're going to go back to ancient Egypt for a couple minutes. Uh, we'll make this brief. Okay. Uh, most people are familiar with the god Osiris. They're familiar with the name Isis. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, Isis kind of crosses over into so many different religions and ideas, uh, which is, that was a whole another man. Digging into Isis, there's so much there. Um, like if you were to visit the Vatican, and going through some of the museums, like in one museum, you're going to have a statue where it says Isis and her child, right? Like Isis and young. And then you go, you go to the one next door. I mean, the same, the statue is almost identical and it says Madonna and the Christ child. Right. Mm. Um, now I'm not getting into the whole, um, 
what was that piece of crap film? Uh, Zeitgeist. <laughs> like the, mm, yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm not getting into all that stuff. The pig just making, continuity theory. Mm. Yeah, I'm just making the point that that it's so deceptive that they've tried to bring up like, like demons, demons and devils. They know, they know, and they know they're well, they're, they're so much smarter than, than we are. They've been around for so much longer than we have. And so they've created these systems and false religions. And in these systems, we see a lot of issues where it's like either Christianity ripped off that false religion or they created this because they're demons. And we take that view because we're Christians. We know for a fact that these false religions of the world have been set up in a way to try to discredit the true faith of God's chosen people. And God's chosen people are anyone who is in Jesus Christ. It's not a bloodline. So I bring all that up to say that this ISIS scenario, ISIS is actually looked at as like a supreme deity in many different faiths. She's revered by other people, uh, not just people who follow Freemasonry, not just people who follow Egyptology. Uh, But I just wanted to say that ISIS crosses a lot of places. You know, you've got statues of ISIS throughout the United States. We show some of this in the film. You've got her statues all over the place. When you go into the lodge, uh, when you go to the the Herodome, uh, which is the the Freemasonic mecca of the world, pretty much. It's uh, it's the the end all be all Masonic temple, uh, which you have in Washington D.C. When you're in their ritual room, when you look up, you have a skylight with a magic square. And surrounding the magic square is called an Apollinian square, uh, the square of Apollo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's surrounded on all four sides by the symbol of Isis. And you also see that the one of the symbols of the 33rd degree uh, you know, office in Freemasonry, one of their main symbols is the symbol of Isis. They're very heavily engulfed in this belief of Isis and Osiris. Um, and this takes us to where we were going originally. Uh, you want to tell you want to tell the the fast version of yeah yeah Osiris? So, so real quick you have um, Osiris you have Isis and you have the evil brother Set mm-hmm. and uh, Osiris and Isis were sister and wife um, Os- Isis was the sister wife to Osiris and they were in love and so you have the evil brother Set who comes along and he gets he gets up with seventy two uh, cosmic raiders or conspirators which also you'll see seventy two in the apotheosis of George Washington with the stars. Um, you'll see 72 and the, um, the uncapped pyramid on the dollar bill. Um, you'll also find the number 70, um, 72 and the divine council, um, spoken of in the Bible. Right. So these, these fallen angels that God, well, I don't want to go into too much uh, to rehash that and get off the, the ritual, but you'll find these in, in, in various different places with that number 72, um, set conspires with them to kill Osiris. And so he kills him. He chops him up into 14 pieces and throws his body into the Nile. And um, Isis, Isis comes along. She's mourning. She's weeping. Um, she's able to locate 13 of the 14 pieces. Um, so she fastens them back together. And in this ritual, she she doesn't have the one piece that's missing is his phallus. And so she recreates his phallus with an, an obelisk, fashions that in and performs this necromantic uh ritual with with the corpse of osiris and the obelisk and that was uh supposed to be drawing up the seed of osiris from the underworld to inhabit her child to be the resurrected um the resurrected osiris it was a resurrected god man yeah he was yeah. Being, being deified and so they they take that um and it was uh so revered in ancient egyptology they pass it down uh to the magicians 
And they would perform this at, at every um, inauguration of the Pharaoh. And that was at the festival called Opet. And um, they, they would perform this ritual, the magicians would. And it would be, the idea was, they believed that it was drawing up the seed of Osiris to, to inhabit the new Pharaoh so that the, they would have um, deity in human form to be able to rule their land. Basically, you'd have divine representation right. on land, and then you had divine representation in the underworld going on at the same time mm. and what's crazy about that is that so you had 14 pieces he was cut up into 14 pieces and they could only find 13 of the pieces well this is amazing because this just goes to show that this is ingrained into the fabric of our nation mm -hmm. 13 colonies were formed together in a perfect union right okay this was not by accident they specifically chose the original 13 colonies as a representative a representation of the ritual that took place in ancient egypt mm -hmm. They were fashioning them together in a more perfect union. So you have the first initial 13 colonies brought together as a representation of Osiris. Then on top of that, you have this same ritual that they're going through at the inauguration of every U.S. president. Now, whether the president is a Freemason or not. Now, most presidents have been Freemasons. We, we know this. A lot. <clears throat> but whether the president is conscious of it or not, whether the president is a Freemason or not, when they're standing there in the inauguration ritual, it's a ceremony, it's a ritual. They're standing between the Dome of Isis, which is the U.S. Capitol building, and the Washington Monument. They're literally standing in the middle of the power generator to do this ritual. Now, go back to ancient Egypt one more time. They had a dome and an obelisk that they did the ritual between. So when you mm. see a dome and an obelisk, and you'll see this in the Vatican, you'll see this in, a, in different places around the world, right. that is a power ritual. That is a charged uh, chessboard, if you will. And so that's why they do the inauguration where they do it. Yeah, people never stop to ask questions. Well, why do they do it here? You know, why are they doing it at this time? Why are they? I mean, there's a lot of questions. Um, they built this 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 chamber between the monument and the dome. So you basically have the shaft of Osiris, mm -hmm. and then you have the, the womb of Isis, and then they're doing this ritual right in the middle. Now, the main part of the ritual is taking place around the corner. While the president is getting inaugurated, you have the Freemasons performing the ritual uh, right around the corner in the Herodome beneath the magic 666 square, the, uh, really? the Apollonian square. And beneath that 666 square, you have this big altar. Now, we show all this in the film. We were able to get in and get, get footage of all this stuff uh, because, well, that's another story. But we had grace. We had grace when we were in D.C. That's all I can say because um, we were blacklisted. That Once the Freemasons found out that we were working with Tom Horn, they basically mm. blacklisted us. And they told us that we were not welcome even on the sidewalk of their facility. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were able to get in. And we were able to talk with them and we were able to get some footage and, and go through the entire place. Um, so you've got this big altar and they've got all the holy books set up on the altar. Uh, they've got like the Bible. They've got the Quran. They've got the, uh, the Hindu scriptures. They've got just, a, you know, all these different books. And so uh, those books are placed beneath the magic 666 square. So like if you look up, you've got the square. If you look down, you've got an altar with the holy books and some Hebrew writing on it. And that square is a binding utility in the ancient world. They believe that anything that's beneath that square, like a, a supernatural. Oop! I'm getting a text from Gons. Oh, your uh, video has frozen. Yeah, okay. You need to reset. Real Let quick. me get that set. Man, it hurts sitting like this. 
<laughs> you guys are talking uh, without moving your lips. What kind of sorcery are you? Yeah. Really impressive. <laughs> All right, let's see if that works. You're back. There you go. There you go. Woohoo! Okay, so we're you've got the president going through the inauguration. He's standing between the dome and the shaft or the obelisk, whatever you want to call that. And then right around the corner, you have this parallel ritual taking place. It's calling down the energies to this specific location between the dome and the monument. And what they're doing is they're calling on the seat of Osiris to come up from the underworld. And so when the president-elect steps up on that stage, he's a man. Mm. But by the time the ritual's over and he exits the stage, he's now a man-god or a god-man. This, mm. this sounds really, really far out. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, man, that's crazy. It's myth, you know, whatever. Just to show, and, and honestly, we don't hold to this. This is a, a, a mockery of the death and resurrection of Christ. So um, we, we definitely recognize it for what it is. But just to show like they're, the people that, that are around that are involved in doing this, um, the people that want to see the destruction of the United States come under the one world system, um, they believe this. Like one prime example, um, Podesta and the, and the WikiLeaks email, uh, the leak thing, um, he has this picture and you can find it if you want to look for it. He has this picture of, um, what is it, 14 on one hand and the fish on the fish, other. Yep, and yep. he's sitting here doing this. And it got, it, it, you know, got exposed during the, exposed, um, during the, uh, the email leak. So there, there are people that still believe this. They're still practicing this. They're hell-bent on seeing it through. It's like with, with us being believers in Christ and, and you know, deeply searching the scriptures, um, we have to do that. Um, I try to do it on a daily basis to keep the inner man fed. And in that, God gives us specifics of, you know, what what brings pleasure to him, um, of of living righteous, of following his example, of prayer, of, um, I mean, specifics to, to be able to commune with him. Um, in the Old Testament, there were just vital specifics people would, you know, lose their lives for if they didn't follow the specific rules to be able to build the temple, to be able to have the tabernacle. To, I mean, you, the list goes on and on. God gives these rules for people to follow. Um, and so we have the flip side of that. Satan's always the counterfeit. He's always trying to bring in, you know, his own little shenanigans to, to lead people away. And so with all of this, this other, this dark side um, that's being in, being fulfilled today, they're following this. They perform the rituals. They, you know, a lot of them involve uh, blood sacrifice, uh, sex magic, you name it, drugs to be able to cross over that veil, to be able to communicate and to get information from the other side but, but look when you find out that america was founded on all of this like the things we're talking about cannot be disproven because they're fact like yeah. america was founded on these values they were founded on these belief systems they were founded on these rituals they were founded on these esoteric understandings of existence and so when you find out that it's in the fabric it's literally interwoven into the fabric of this nation the things that we've been taught i mean look at this e pluribus unum out of many comes one or one out of many. Mm-hmm. Okay. Literally guys, that's mystery Babylon right there. Yeah. We yeah. There is no other nation on earth anywhere else. Okay. It's not the Vatican. It's not Rome. It's not Jerusalem. Okay. I'm so tired of hearing people say that mystery Babylon is the Vatican or it's Jerusalem. Look guys, there's no nation on earth. that can check off all of the checklist outside of America. And we do this right. in the film. We do, we do a whole chapter it's completely geared towards showing in scripture that there's no other nation anywhere else that can hit the checklist for mystery Babylon. And I mean, literally, I mean, there's a lot of good people out there 
who are great researchers. They're, they're awesome Christians, but they just, they're missing this piece of the puzzle. A lot of people don't realize that Washington, D.C. was, and I'll just give some of this away, man, since we're on it. Um, D.C. was, uh, was built on Rome, Maryland. It was built on Rome, Maryland. It was owned by a guy named Francis Pope. He was a Catholic and they, they took this land over basically. And they, you know, that's where D.C. is, is sitting on top of Rome. So really? It's, it's a new Rome. So you have that, you have, it's built on seven, there's seven hills seven of D.C. Hills. Right. Capital, um, Capitol Hill is one of them. Yeah. Right. And to see, to see that, I mean, you walk through DC and it's like, you feel like you're in a mix between, you know, Egypt and Rome. I mean, that's just with all the structures and everything. Um, it makes sense. It was built for a specific purpose um, underneath, you know, the goddess Columbia. So yeah. it's, wow. uh, now, did y'all know that before, before our lifetimes, like go back to the 1800s, the Statue of Liberty was not called the Statue of Liberty. Right. We do we do well, a whole account on this, and we we show lithographs from the Library of Congress. Like we show official, like everything that we everything we're saying here, we we back up with fact in the film and show you where you can get it. She was called the Goddess of Liberty. All uh, of the, the lithographs, uh, we show the different uh, the, how how the mm-hmm. the different versions of the goddess, how she's changed over the years, but it's still the same goddess. Uh, and basically, the idea was to bring about this great nation. Uh, it's ISIS. We are literally the nation under the goddess ISIS. Well, it's the archetype divine feminine. It's yeah. yeah. Call it by you know Gaia. Call it by you name it. Yeah, like Athena, ISIS. uh, You name. Keep going. Yeah. So yeah, we live in a nation where there's always this archetype of the this this ancient infernal deity, this goddess. Now they don't see her as infernal, but we do. Um, But we break down all these things and show. I mean, they believe these are relics. You know, these are relics of American history that the library of Congress is just sitting on, just sitting on all these vaults of things. And it's all available if you know where to look for it and how to hunt for it. So uh, we've really compiled a lot of information in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of that, uh, not only do we break down this whole ritual idea, but we show something that most people aren't aware of. There is a second obelisk in the, in Washington mm-hmm. and it's right there in the testes of the main obelisk it's in the testes. It's right there. And that, I mean, that's what they say. That's their own language. It's in the testes of the obelisk. And so you have the, the, the 555 feet above ground, 111 feet below ground, 666 feet from, from you know, point to point. Uh, beneath it, in the testes of that, you have a 12-foot monument. And now this is where it gets real crazy. We do, a, we do a breakdown of this right there standing at this location. It felt really weird talking about these things standing right there where they do this. Uh, but there is a, another Apollonian square, that magic 666 square. They've mm. got those in there at the base. And they've got the Bible known as the lost symbol, the Dan Brown's lost symbol. Mm. Most people don't know that Dan Brown got to spend time in the lodge in D.C. while he was working on his book, The Lost Symbol. Right. And this idea, the lost symbol is an actual Bible that's bound beneath an Apollonian square. Whoever did this, did this with the mentality that they were going to bind the power and the influence of the yeah. God of the Bible. That's mm, the yeah. only reason that you put things beneath the Apollonian squares. They're going to attempt it. Yeah, that, that's, that's the, the, the whole purpose. It's a mm. binding utility. In the ancient world, if you wanted to bind the power of some entity, you put this thing out there. You put an Apollonian square, a 666 square. You basically add up the numbers in any line, any, any way, and it's always going to equal 666. Now, Whatever you put beneath there in the occult world, they believe you're binding the power and influence of whatever that spiritual force is. So there now 
in DC, you know, for, I don't know how many years, you know, I, I don't have an exact date when they put the Bible there, but this has now been there thinking that they're binding the power of the God of the Bible over that city of DC. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, they're binding it in the location that they do the ritual right. of the raising of Osiris. They think somewhere in their mind that they're going to bind the power of the most high God and that they're going to keep him from interfering with this raising of Osiris ritual. So they put the binding utility not only in the lodge, but they've got the binding utility right there at the base of the obelisk as well. Yeah, yeah I remember fascinating. I remember Tom Horn talking about that. We got some of the blueprints from uh, from the obelisk. It's unbelievable. All the things that are crafted into the obelisk. Yeah. You know, it's it's so fascinating, too, because, of course, uh, on the surface level, so much is kind of changing now. But, you know, on the surface level, there seems like there has been this uh, a lot of energy and a lot of planning and a lot of. I don't know, maybe deceit put into making America look like a Christian nation with a Christian history and a Christian foundation and, uh, you know, Christianity being woven into uh, sort of as a facade over this mystery religion um uh you know scaffolding that that, that it's constructed upon what uh, and maybe you have uh, uncovered this or you found uh, uh, a way to explain it like what is what would even be the purpose of that it seems like binding you know the power of the bible the god of the bible um in strategic you know power centers would uh is one thing but then to try to convince the world that you are indeed a christian nation what is the sort of uh what's the thinking behind that is there a ritual behind that is it just part of the mystery uh religion landscape what do you think i think the cover-up i mean if you can convince an entire population let me remind you guys the 19th you know uh, the, the 1900s that's when things really got thick because mm-hmm. before that, back in the 1700s, the 1800s, this was not a Christian nation. Nobody called it a Christian nation. Matter of fact, you know, there's been tons of, of, of documents and history written about all of the occult religions that are prevalent in America's history. Uh, right. Christianity, you know, Christianity was just a little node, but 1900s roll around and there's this whole facade that's been painted. They've created this campaign to rebrand everything. And I think it was intentional. Because they wanted to make sure that the biggest resistance, which was going to be the Christians, they needed the the resistance to be completely. I don't want to use the word sedated because we're not, you know, Christians aren't sedated per se, but it's it's like they're they're almost like they're on autopilot because it's like, oh, this is a Christian nation. You know, these things will never happen here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that point, um, there was, uh, you know, there's a lot of. This is some of the stuff that I wanted to put into Age of Deceit 4, which I'm putting together now. And it's based on the work of uh, uh, Dr. Future, Mike Bennett. And he wrote a book uh, talking about the origins of evangelical Christianity in America. And he actually talks about how evangelicalism itself is a giant psyop. And Mm -hmm. Truman in 51 set up the Psychological Strategy Board and it comprised the CIA, the State uh, Department of State and Defense, and the whole thing was to study the potential role of religion in psychological warfare. That's their quote, quote, the potential of religion in psychological warfare. And the whole idea was to create a militant Christianity to combat communism. That was the way they phrased it. 
but it mm. worked. It worked. The whole whole evangelical movement in America that's really, you know, so tied and close to the Republican Party and all that, you know, pro war kind of stuff, defend the nation, all that is uh, was a giant psyop. So I, I think you're right in in trying to get Christianity to sort of bend their knee or, or true Christians to bend their knee to the political system to uh, either be distracted or misled or to even help uh, in establishing the building of this entire new world order system. So uh, that's some of the stuff that, that, you know, I'm planning to dig into more, but it's, it's pretty compelling when you start digging in, that's the kind of stuff you're going to, you're going to upset a lot of evangelicals or those that claim to be evangelicals. Well, they, they somehow have managed to repackage this whole idea that, you know, America was founded by evangelicals. And uh, right, you know, you've right. got this disinformation agent named David Barton. David Barton, uh, I was going to say, I, yeah. I, no, I, I mean no harm to the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, lo- I look at him and I just think, wow, this guy's lost. Like, he's completely deluded. He's living a freaking fantasy. Uh, I mean, like, I, I've, I've seen people on crystal meth that made more sense than some of the things this guy says. <laughs> oh, um, and, and again, I'm not trying to hit a low blow, but it's like, yeah. dude, how you're walking through the most satanic city in our nation yeah. and you're teaching about how it's Christian. Like, right. what the freak is wrong with this picture? Yeah. Pardon my language, but that's <laughs> just, man, like, how can you walk through an idle pagan city and declare that, you know, God did this building here? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. He's standing beneath the 72 pentagrams of the apotheosis of George Washington, explaining how it's a biblical theme. Yeah. And it's like, you look up there, you got 72 pentagrams, you know, which ties into the Shem Ham Faresh and Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. You've got Washington who has been deified now into this heaven mm-hmm. and he's surrounded by the gods and goddesses of the ancient world. Okay. Yeah, there's right. no Jesus. There's no Moses. There's no, uh, there's no biblical heroes there. It's Washington being deified. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Walt Whitman, the famous American poet uh, said George Washington was becoming, you know, the American Osiris. Um, mm-hmm. People from a different generation than ours understood you know, people before our time understood better than we do because we've been part of a massive smear campaign on the truth. Yeah. The truth has been completely smeared. Uh, we are living in a time of confusion. We've bought into the propaganda of the American system, uh, what they want us to believe that it is. And I think it's very important to say, praise God that we live in this country. I'm, I'm grateful that we live here. I'm grateful for the freedoms that, that we have in Christ Jesus, most importantly. Uh, but on the other side, we're told to be you know, to be watchful, to be mindful, to not be deceived. We're told to expose evil. We're told to be like iron sharpening iron. Well, how can you be iron sharpening iron if you're living inside of a lie? Right. You know, there comes a time where we have to start questioning things that don't go with the scripture. If things go against the Bible, we got to test them out. We got to find out, well, maybe it's possible that I got some bad information because the scripture is, that's our test. The scripture is what we run everything by. But uh, we, I want to touch on one other thing. Uh, just, I, I'm okay if we sidetrack a little bit, but I, I really want to hit on this. Please. Uh, and again, I, I've been notified. Some people are asking. Uh, the film is available on fourthwatchfilms.com. Uh, if you go to fourthwatchfilms.com, it's all spelled out. Uh, there you'll see, uh, Gons had it up earlier. You'll see like this, uh, a banner where you can get Belly of the Beast. You can watch it right now. You can stream it on Vimeo. Uh, all of that is accessible through fourthwatchfilms.com. Uh, if you want a DVD, if you want to stream it, whatever it is you want, uh, you go over there, you'll have access to it. Um, but one of the things that we found very fascinating is that you have this apotheosis of George Washington. 
And if uh, if nobody's ever seen that, you can Google it. You'll 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 get an image of of what we just talked about about George Washington being up in side of this heaven of pagan gods. Yeah. Um, what people don't realize is that there's another layer, and then another layer, and then another layer beneath <laughs> the ground of that room. You have the statutory hall. Uh, you've got uh, you've got all we we do a, a a crazy breakdown of this entire thing in the film. Like we we go step by step. We show you the different levels of the dome, and then there's a secret crypt area that is all the way down in the basement, and it's it's locked. Like we got footage from a I don't want to give away too much, but a girl who was an intern uh, for one of the congressmen was able to go get footage of the gate where it's locked. Mm. That's what wow. anybody else could get. Nobody. I mean, that's as far down as you're going to get. And then we got some, we got a black and white film scan uh, from when they, they had it on display early on when they built this crypt, it's called the crypt of Washington. They <laughs> built this crypt and they did not build it for him to lay in. Now, when people die, when famous people die, including Billy Graham uh, and right. others, yeah, they lay up. them up in state. They're, they call it laying in state. They lay them in state beneath the, uh, the apotheosis. They lay them right. up inside the Capitol Dome. Now, we submit to you that they will lay the body of the Antichrist when he suffers a head wound, that they're going to lay him down in this secret crypt beneath the dome. Beneath the 72 pentagrams on the apotheosis, beneath the 13 statues of the statutory hall, beneath the Doric columns, all of these things mean something in the occult world. They all have very much significance. We break down why we believe this is a chamber specifically set up for the resurrection ritual, the final ritual of the raising of Osiris that will finally take on the man of sin. And we believe the man of sin is going to be resurrected very likely in this room that we found at the Capitol Dome. Completely wow. off limits. Nobody has ever been laid there yet. And there's a whole backstory on this about Washington's uh, Washington not wanting his body to be in the dome. It's mm -hmm. crazy because like uh, the story, it's, it's like it had to have been crafted so well for Washington to not want to be laid there because now it's it's a virgin ritual chamber that has never been utilized yet same deal mm -hmm. you know the mockery of the death and resurrection of Christ yeah it's like yeah. the tomb of, it's like their own tomb Empty of Christ tomb, right. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. in Jewish culture, you don't lay so like, like, you know, Jesus did not go and lay down in a dirty tomb. It was not a tomb that had been used. Right. 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 Well, so, just, so they're keeping it keeping keep. Well, like you said, a virgin tomb. That's wow. what it is. It's a virgin tomb. And we we actually have footage. We have old film that we were able to get our hands on. It's very hard to get uh, showing it when it was first set up. Um, but then we also have footage of the gate that's locked up. And what's crazy is that right on the other side of the gate is a pentagram on the concrete. Really? Yeah. Oh so it's God. unbelievable, guys. Like uh, this film, uh, it's literally the work. We, it, it's, it's been like a brainchild of ours since, you know, late 2003, early 2004. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you guys to, to do all this? I mean, have, how long you've been working on this? Years of research have yeah. gone into this project. Decades. Yeah. And matter of fact, the first release we did through Skywatch, uh, it was not complete, but we were pressed for time. And so we had to kind of just go ahead and release that version. Uh, but we now were able to get it finished. And 2020 was our year to get it completed and get the director's cut release. And it's even more on point now than it was 
back then. This could possibly be the most important film anybody's going to watch over the next few years. And I'm not saying that to take away from Gon Shamira's films, because Gon's puts out <laughs> very important films, too. Now, somebody's uh, got to take this guy down a notch, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Gon's, yeah, my you know, pride. I just... He's always been my golden gons, and I just have to take him down from that pedestal. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the memes you make with my face on it. Oh, we just got, did we just get dropped stream? Interesting. Looks like we just got did dropped we? on YouTube did for we? a moment. Yeah. Well, YouTube's well. still going. Yeah, YouTube's going right now. Let me check the Twitch. I think we're going. I think we're still good. Interesting. Maybe it's just my restream here. I have a question hmm. for you guys, a couple more, and then we can get you out of here. Um, first off, there's a, there's an article. I remember this was kind of popular back in uh, the 2015. I think it was when it was published January, 2015. This is dailymail.co.uk. tomb of Osiris discovered black and structure was built to represent Egyptian God of death's mythical resting place. You guys uh, touch on this at all in the film. We did not touch on that in the film. No. Okay. What do you guys Who think about? Uh, we got the American. Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> but do you like the, the fact that this type of information they make public? What do you think? Is this just uh, was it just some kind of, uh, you know, uh, a model of the, the actual burial? Or do you think they actually found it and took the body and they're just waiting for certain the stars to align quite literally to uh, maybe bring the body into the resurrection chamber there in D.C.? It's tough to say. I, I personally think that. Uh, a chamber with this much value, I, I would call it just like I would say, like they've always controlled these spots, these locations. And so the fact that they're releasing this data now, it just goes to show like they've always had it. They've been using it for whatever it is they're using it for. Uh, this is my opinion, of course. Uh, but when they bring it public, it's just a matter of now it's time. Mm, right. Now it's time to go ahead and let them know this. Uh, it, it's interesting because uh, kind of on the same topic, you know, they claim to have found the body of Gilgamesh. Yeah. Right. Mm. That was yeah. early 2000s, right? When they said they found the yeah. body. Yeah. And Gilgamesh. they've only been slowly releasing little nuggets of information over the years. Like you'll get a little spurt of it here and then it'll go silent for a few years and a little bit here. Uh, and right. what I found to be really fascinating, and, and this is has nothing to do with the film, uh, just a cool little tidbit, um, Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Yeah. Y'all heard about yeah. Hobby Lobby? In the, in the uh, yeah. Yeah. All the yeah. artifacts. <laughs> Have y'all covered this? Yeah, I think we did. Uh, I think, yeah, this back when it happened, we read about it. But for those who missed it, share with the listeners. So Hobby Lobby, uh, some people that work for Hobby Lobby, they were hired to go and like locate artifacts and relics. You know, not much different than what Heinrich Himmler was doing for Hitler, trying to grab some relics for for whatever. The difference is Hobby Lobby wasn't trying to do a ritual, probably. Okay, (laughs) probably, (laughs) Um, probably. Probably. I mean, I have my suspicion. No. <laughs> um, now, Chick-fil-A, they would definitely be involved in a ritual. Uh, I think if we've learned anything about Chick-fil-A over the years, they are not a Christian company. Okay? Their oh, chicken is not sanctified. Go get your shine box. Yeah, exactly. Go get your shine box and shine some shoes. <laughs> All right. So. Okay, back on track. My bad, guys. Um, they got busted smuggling back a tablet, a rare tablet, which was like part of the original Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm. And they claimed that it was not, you know, they weren't trying to, uh, to break any laws. They were just trying to bring it back for like some type of a Bible exhibit or something. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, the U.S. government did not appreciate the fact that they got their hands on the epic, this, this piece of the original tablet. And they probably paid a lot of money for it, too. And so the U.S. government not only took the tablet, they forced them to they, they seized the tablet. And on top of it, they hit them with all kinds of crazy fines, like crazy money fines. 
So yeah, we're going to not only take this, you know, this supernatural relic from you that you've paid for, we're going to take it and we're also going to make you pay us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. That's, that's what they do. So, uh, I'm not throwing any shade on Hobby Lobby. Fact is, I mean, they claim that they had a good reason for what they were trying to do. And that reason was they, they were going to try to put it on display in a museum or whatever. But, um, there's something about Gilgamesh. There's a lot of connections. Some people believe Gilgamesh and Osiris are the same entity. Um, some people believe that, that, you know, Gilgamesh and Nimrod were the same. There's a lot of interesting beliefs out there. Uh, can't really give a, an opinion on that. But I thought it was kind of interesting that they got this supernatural relic and the government just whoosh, swoops in and takes it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's crazy. They got busted for bringing a lot of relics in too. You know, they found crates and crates and crates and who knows what else Hobby Lobby was able to bring into the country again. I have no knowledge of any uh, plans of theirs, but it seems that they were uh, pretty good at importing uh, relics uh, uh, and labeling them as, you know, tchotchkes to sell in Hobby Lobby there. Yeah, that, that's what it was, dude. That's exactly right. You know, it's like keep buying <laughs> cheap particle board furniture and keep giving them money to buy more relics. It sounds like a bad, it sounds like a plot of like a, like a, you know, an action movie where you go into Hobby Lobby, you buy something. Now you're mangled up in this ancient war. Where you have this, like, you got, relic. The, CIA, the CIA like comes to your house. They're like, show me that receipt. <laughs> Like, what are you Talk talking about? about? Ritual <laughs> shopping at Hobby Lobby might be uh, you might be participating in the procurement of each ancient magical items. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like there I just thought it was decoration, you know, and then all of a sudden my roommate was demon possessed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, it's Hobby Lobby, they make sure to pray over it all beforehand. Oh, oh sure. yeah, absolutely, just like that esoteric chicken at Chick fil A. <laughs> <laughs> Just like eat, eating on that Lecrae chicken, you know? <laughs> oh my Lecrae chicken. <laughs> okay, can, can I just say something for a minute? Okay, off topic, because I, I love you guys. And like, I would tell you all this in real life. So um, I watched that horrible, 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 painstaking interview with Lecrae on uh, DJ. What was that guy's name? I don't know. Vlad, Vlad TV or something. Y'all, y- did y'all see this? No, I didn't. No, I didn't see it. What is okay, it? This was horrible. So like he's asking Lecrae about the whole homosexual issue and all that. And I'm not going to get into that because I don't want your, this video to get flagged. But it was like, I felt like I was watching an episode of Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like cue the dramatic music and watch Lecrae stumble over every bit of theology that he just clearly has wrong and his stupidity. <laughs> Jack oh, wow. Um, I mean, it was like, I was embarrassed for Lecrae. Like I, I was like, man, dude, if I was Lecrae, I'd probably just quit my career right now and just go put my head in the sand. Never again will I ever look and look at the public eye. Wow. Well, yeah. that's why you're not Lecrae, man. You gotta <laughs> have that. Lecrae though. <laughs> if I was Lecrae, I definitely would not have responded the way he did. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he would have dropped he, he lines. Been, he, he did worse than Lauren Daigle. Like that's how bad his was. His was like, Oh, Lecrae, just stop. Just stop. You're dead. Dang, man. I got to tune in more to Lecrae theology videos or something. Yeah, you got to get with it. So Lecrae, Cray. Gons, anything else you want to get out of these uh, two handsome gentlemen here? Yeah, I was, um, and and it'll tie it into a question here and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, somebody in the chat mentioned, you know, the great reset. Reset. And I looked at the etymology of re- and it means Ooh. back to the original place again, a new once more, also with a sense of undoing. Oh. And of course, Set being the Egyptian god of war, chaos, and storms. And uh, 
you've seen, I'm sure you've seen and heard all the QAnon people there talking about the storm is coming. Right. And I, I've always said that it's kind of a psyop at, at, at the worst, it's like a crazy psyop to get all these fringy people to jump on board to a certain worldview. At, at best, it's some somebody in government trying to leak some kind of information. Although I always said that if, if they are doing that, they're doing a service to the, the people they're trying to go against because they're sort of leaking the, in, the intel, so to speak. And your age on top of all that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the whole Q movement? Because uh, I've gotten into a lot of... Um, I think more people are aware of it now. We touched on it early in the conversation, but uh, more people are sort of <laughs> jumping off the train, so to speak. But I made a video over the summer saying like why Christians should ditch QAnon because it's not because of any kind of talking point that the liberals and the media, the mainstream media are pointing out, but really from a biblical perspective, they were the Q posts really do push a new age philosophy. They talk about the enlightenment. Mm-hmm. They talk about a new age, you know, and even Trump. We have Trump saying, um, uh, you know, we're launching a new age. We will launch a new age. We got Trump saying it at a big rally, you know, so it's like, okay, what, what is the deal with, uh, with Q, uh, in your guys' opinion, what, what's the whole point of having this QAnon thing out there? Go first. It's tough, man. I, I think, uh, it's tough because. Like, I, I know what I want to say right now, but like my <laughs> first instinct, my first instinct is, is not correct because if it was, then everybody would love it. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. everybody would mm-hmm. love Q and, and, and people hate Q. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people hate Q. Uh, the media hates Q. The left hates Q. Um, you know, most of us hate Q. Uh, <laughs> I just I, I, I obviously it's not I don't think that Q is necessarily like the, the beast system or like that movement. I think that it's definitely new age. Um, but with any disinformation uh, act or any type of a psyop, I think it's important that you have a lot of truth in there too. And, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, you got to mix the truth in there to keep people coming back. And right. uh, the way I looked at Q, I kind of looked at it like, I never had a good feeling about it. Um, but I kind of looked at it the way that, what was that rabbi uh, in the New Testament? It was a Gamaliel. They said, mm-hmm. that, uh, he says, look, you guys need to chill out. You know, if, if, if these guys, you know, speaking of Jesus and the disciples, if they're of God, no man is going to be able to get in the way of it. But if they're mm. not of God, it's going to crumble just like all the other fakes in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of how I felt about Q. Now, my instinct said it was a bunch of, you know, a bunch of psyop chicanery, but a lot of my friends were really tied into it. Matter yeah. of fact, and people that I, I, I highly respect, uh, people that I love, you know, have been good to me. Uh, so I, I'm real careful to not try to bash anybody over it because, sure. you know, there's people out there who really believe, you know, they're, they're basically trying to make out of it what they can. They're trying to grab some some truth and filter out things that, that, that are not true. Right. Right. Matter of fact, uh, I won't say his name, but there is a there is a very popular YouTube channel that got, you know, got canned recently. And that that swipe that everybody heard about where. A lot of the Q people got wiped off YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, he told, again, I'm not going to say the name of this person, but I had a talk with him and he made the comment that one of the harder things that he has to do is trying to weed through the Q information and decide what's legitimate to share and what's not. That's a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of why I felt that it was a, it was a purposeful rabbit trail to keep people on the hunt. Uh, I've heard people say, and I, and I somewhat agree with the sentiment that, it was meant to sort of uh, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Make people complacent almost, you know, getting lost in certain things that that it's not going to really make that much of a difference. In the end, they're not going to really change anything per se, but they're they're going to sit well, there. Well, the and root whole for message team. was always, "Oh, don't worry, it's taken care of." Right, right. right. But uh, trust the plan. Trust the plan. Yeah, everybody just trust the plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you know, what about t- you, Wes? What do you have uh, on the queue? Well, I was just going to say, let me kind of generalize this first because um, one of the reasons that we're able to sit here in peace and have conversations with you guys about this stuff is because our faith and our hope is not in man. Mm. Mm. Amen. And like, that's where like, there's been people like, you know, losing it, totally losing it because of where we're sitting right now as a nation, as a world, as the, you know, the, everything hangs in the balance of the, of the recount or, you know, where we're at in that. Um, I think that the, the, the people that are in control of this global scheme that's taking place um, they, it's, this isn't a new deal for them. They haven't just woke up in 2020 and said, this is what we're going to do. This is fulfilling. Like we've been talking about, this is going back and they're, they're going step by step by step. These are the, the propaganda masters mm-hmm. of all time are in control right now. And, and the whole thing about, like Justin said about Kissinger getting control of a society. Well, they've been using this exact same tactics during this lockdown when everybody's at home and they're having to watch TV and they're having to watch, I mean, literally glued to the set of this might be the end of the world. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of digressing a little bit. No, but I but think it makes sense. I, I think you're tying yeah, it all yeah. in where, yeah, it, it's sort of the, just, the times of where we're at. You're, you're sort of, you know, making sense of it in terms of the temperament of, of now. Right. But um, if, if we as believers have our, our hope and our faith and our focus, in Christ, knowing that, that his plan is still intact, knowing that he's still in control of these things and that he puts the leaders into place. If we sit back and say, if, if that's the, if we believe that, if we're fully convinced of that, then we can be at peace talking about these things. Now, with all that said, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but like my, my take on Q, just looking back, I, I don't remember him being like uh, the Q movement or QAnon. I don't remember it exploding until Alex Jones got kicked off all the social media platforms. Mm. He could have been there a little bit beforehand or a crossover, what have you. But I don't remember. He basically took the place of Alex Jones in social media is the way I look at it. Interesting. Now, I, that I timing seems seen, to line up. I, I haven't seen a lot of, um, I haven't spent the time on it to, to go in and to look at the Q drops and to listen to analysis and whatever. Now, I've, I've heard there are, there is some truth in there, I'm sure. Um, because some of the things that I've heard is like, there's some little nuggets and they obviously come from somebody who's inside that circle. But it, um, it seems to me like, um, well, I don't want to give Justin's analogy of the Kool-Aid, <laughs> but it's, it's like, um, well, I will give the analogy. If somebody comes to you on a hot day and you've been mowing your yard and you're just completely drained and they have a glass of lemonade, it's got ice in it. And they hand it to you and you're like so thirsty and, and, and you take it and you look and there's just a little piece of, of crap sitting in there. Uh. Are you going to, are you <laughs> going to say, Oh, forget about that. I'm just going to go ahead and down this regardless <laughs> of the crap. And, and the, it just goes to, to show that like with even just a little bit of new age that's tossed in, that's enough for me to be like, you know what? I don't really, I, yeah. I'm going to let, let them fend for themselves. And if some of that information gets to me and it's vital and you know, whatever, but I think personally that it was like a way to control and a way to cause more division, even within the alternate right community, the truther community. 
But you see, before before Q, the full name, the full name, alternate right. (laughs) Yeah, but before Q, it was like. Let me just go back before before 2016, before the election. You know, we were we were very awake. You know, like it seemed like like the truther community was awake. You know, the Christians were aware that we had uh, you know a rogue government that was mm-hmm. not doing things in our best interest. They were not serving God. Uh, they were creating a system that goes against Scripture. Uh, we all knew this. You know, I mean, we we've known this. We were all living the reality of. You know, not orange man bad, but government man bad. You know, mm-hmm. like it was government bad, uh, civilian good. Like that was the you know because they were just overreaching, overstepping. The government was just you know the the same cesspool that it's always been. And then mm-hmm. they bring in orange man, and with orange man bad, like everything changed. And yeah. it was like half of those people completely went back to sleep and took a big dang nap. Right, right. You know, we're not awake anymore. We got God's prophet in the in the White yeah, House. We're safe yeah. now. We don't yeah. have to stay awake. You know, watch. I never, I never got into the Trump prophecy stuff, and I thank God that I never jumped into that bandwagon because, I mean, I, I it's just, it's flawed. Uh, it, it's <sighs> yeah. flawed. And I mean, no disrespect to anybody. And that's one thing: as human beings, we're going to have different opinions on things and different discernment. And uh, I really felt a strong discernment when that Trump prophecy stuff was coming out. I felt like this is this is going to be utilized to further putting people to sleep. This is going to be utilized to further causing the church to get comfortable, to get into their comfort zone. Um, and I'll say this: God put Trump in office, just like God put Obama in office, just like God put Adolf Hitler in office. Uh, just like God, God, uh, you know, moved to have Nero as in he the will, kingdom, as he will the Antichrist. The Bible says he put the, the Bible says that God puts leaders in place and he removes them. Yeah. And so it's not us that puts leaders into place. Um, it's never been us. You know, we think it is. We're very we're very selfish and high minded as human beings to think that we have so much control over things. Um, but the sovereignty of God mentioned in Scripture says he puts them in place and he removes them. So. Um, you know, BDK, uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, BDK mm-hmm. from Omega Frequency, he made a point, and uh, I think he actually said this on the show that we did with Gons. Um, he said that what if, he says, what if Trump is God's judgment on the church mm-hmm. and not God's blessing on the church? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Gons? you remember yeah. him saying that? Yeah. Talking? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, there, and I kind of just, it, it caught me off guard, and I just kind of, you know, got silent and just started to think about what he just said. Because knowing that God puts leaders in place and God removes them, God is going to put leaders in place to do whatever it is that God has on his agenda. Whatever is part of God's will in order to get to where we're going, you know, God has a, a much higher mind about things than we do. You know, we are we are little men and women on this earth. Finite. Yeah, we are tiny. You know, we do not understand the mind of God. You know, I'm not skilled to understand the mind of God. The best I can do is pray that the Holy Spirit guides me as I study the word of God. And to pray daily for my sanctification in Christ Jesus. That's the best I can do on this earth. God's mind is so much higher than mine. And so if God puts a leader in place to bring about a certain move, you know, well, if he puts Trump there and this whole narrative behind Trump has been created to sedate the church, well, we've been sedated now for four years, if that's the case, because so many people have been entering into sleep and rest Mm -hmm. when they shouldn't be resting. Well, that's what the cycle does. Eight years on, eight years off, eight years on, eight years off. And you get to continue the divide between everyone. And, and I mean, it's yeah, I don't I don't hate Donald Trump. No. Uh, matter of fact, he's probably the best president we've ever had he's in my very, lifetime. He's very entertaining. At least the the things that his the perception that he gives off sounds really good. And yeah. like I still like I, I 
I hope that that's, I mean, there's still that little grasp that you want to hold on to. And um, he's so much better than Biden and whatever else. We but think, like, we think. But we See, don't, that's the problem. That's they've the got us so brainwashed. That's a perception. That we would make a statement like that to say that even though we're awake, so he's I'm, better than Biden. He's better than the alternative. He's better right. than Biden. Like yeah. that old chestnut keeps popping up. But that's the name of the game. But yeah. but I'll say this. I think, you know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big Trump fan. I don't like a lot of what he says and does. Uh, I don't believe he's a born again Christian. And I believe that he's surrounding himself with heretics and false teachers. Uh, but regardless of all of that, I still think he's probably the best president that, that I've ever seen in my lifetime, uh, based on the fact that he came in and did a whole bunch of stuff that he said he was going to do, which most presidents never do what they say they're going to do. Uh, right. Granted, there's a lot that he hasn't done that he said he was going to do, uh, such as indictments and Hillary and all this other stuff. But he's not going to indict Hillary. It's his cousin. You know, they're blood relatives. He's not going to indict her. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. Right. But I say all that just to say, I try not to get too bent out of shape based on who's the president because God puts him in place for whatever his sovereign will and power, you know, is. And so I trust, I trust Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, Jesus Christ is King. He is, he is the judge. He is the one who has made all of this possible for us to be sitting here right now and to be having a common bond with you guys and our faith. You know, Jesus is King. There is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. It's Jesus Christ. It's Yeshua. Mm -hmm. It's the son of God. It's the word became flesh, whatever you want to call him. He is the Christ. Some people want to get into the, the whole argument about the name. Is it Jesus? Is it Yeshua? Is it Yahushua? Is it Yahashua? I mean, come on, guys. Jesus Christ, <laughs> born of a virgin, lived a perfect, sinless life, fulfilled every bit of the law perfectly, died on the cross, rose on the third day, paid for our sins. He's gone to prepare a place in heaven for us who believe. We are the spiritual Israel. We are grafted in. There's no more bloodline. There's no more chosen person based on a bloodline or a religion. It is Jesus Christ and him crucified. There is nothing else. You are either in Christ or you're not in Christ. And guys, now, if you don't know Jesus, if you're on the fence right now and you're watching this, guys, I'm telling you, today could be your day of salvation. This could be the moment of your life where you can enter into a relationship with the creator. And the only way to do that is to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Mm -hmm. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. We could sit here and talk about orange man bad all day. We could talk about Biden and his, you know, his, his eye covering masks. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the most important thing to know is what the word of God says is coming upon the face of the earth and to know who your maker is and to be right with him. Be spiritually prepared. Be spiritually prepared. The Bible gave us a blueprint for these things. Mm -hmm. The Bible has warned us through the Old Testament and the New Testament and even through some of the pseudo-pictographical writings. We have all of this knowledge at our fingertips. Guys, you have no excuse. You will have no excuse on Judgment Day. We have so many tools at our fingertips. You know, we are going to be without excuse. We need to take the time we have, draw close to the Lord, understand the times we're living, do whatever it takes to scrub the deception off of your eyes. And there's deception, guys. I, I, man, Gons, I was praying the other day. I was praying that like any deception that, that you know, because of how we've been raised in America and the system and the schools and, and even some of the churches that we've gone to, you know, my prayer, and I've been praying this more recently, like, Lord, if there's any bit of deception in my theology, like anything at all, if there's any problematic areas of my theology, like reveal it to me so I can repent and get it right. Like as Christians, we should want to know the king. We should want pure and sound doctrine over supernatural experience. Because I'm here to tell you guys, there are supernatural entities all around us and they are deceivers 
They are liars. They will make you feel good. There is a counterfeit Holy Spirit out there in, in the hyper charismatic movement. They are doing crazy things right now in the name of Jesus. You need to know the real Jesus. Know his word. If your pastor is teaching anything that goes against the word of God, get out of there. Trust the word of God over man. Trust the word of God over your feelings, over your emotions, over your experiences. Trust the word of God. That's more important than watching our film, Belly of the Beast. That's more important than listening to our podcast. Know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about you guys is that we can get on here and we can talk about all the crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, what draws us together and connects us is the fact that we're brothers in Christ. Amen. And that we can, you know, we can sit here and talk theology while while Basil's over there with his goo goo eyes, you know? <laughs> it works out somehow. <laughs> yep. That's how it goes. Amen. No, that's great. And, you know, we come at it with the the same attitude. I mean, you know, we and that's what, like you keep saying, allows us to sit here and uh, talk about the things we do, joke about the things we joke about, because uh, we've got that solid foundation and are able to uh, go throughout our work and our lives and our, you know, in all aspects thereof uh, on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And that's fan. I, I'm so happy that you uh, made a... <laughs> He made a great point, and I think that's a great uh, place to to land this plane if you guys are uh, okay with that. Yeah, I just want to make one statement. Um, this uh, the, the, this is the, the updated director's cut version, and I, I guess Gons has it up on the screen. But the, the blue cover, this is the one. Uh, we The old version is available through Skywatch. This is the version you want. It's called director's cut, and it's only available at fourthwatchfilms.com. And we've put this together in a way where it's a really great witnessing tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director's cut has been re-edited in a way where you can share it with people who might not be privy to some of this information. And it's going to, it's going to give them a little bit of an introduction. It's going to walk them through the film. And then we also bring the message of salvation in there at the end. Um, this is the version that's it's really good to have to hand to a pastor or to, to share with your friends because you know, extremism works for some people. Like for me, I needed the guy to come and bullhorn me. me I needed too. I needed Alex Jones on a bullhorn in my face. I needed that uh, because of the type of person that I that I am. But not everybody responds well to that. Right? Yeah. Some people respond well to less extremism. Uh, and, and it was great because one of our friends who's actually a low level Freemason, um, who we love to death. We have a great, great friendship with this guy. He's uh I shouldn't have even said he's a low-level Freemason. He doesn't get into all that. He he joined the lodge uh, for connections and, and and business, and we told him it was dangerous, and he chose to do it anyway. But um, you know, he is very mainstream, very much unaware of all of the stuff that we talk about, and so we let him watch this film, and he watched it, and he came back and says, "Wow, like you guys really did a great job on this film." He says it's not sensationalized, and for him to say it's not sensationalized, yeah, like. He's a total mainstream, hardcore mainstream guy. So he was able to get all of this true information without feeling like he was being, you know, squeezed into a sensationalized bubble of, of information. Wow. So this is a, it's a very rare film. Um, that says a lot. That's, that's quite the compliment. <laughs> yeah, it is because this information is easy to get sensational about. It's easy totally. to raise your voice and to get spiked up. But in reality, we prayed and we said, Lord, let, give us the, the guidance to make this film so that it will not just educate people, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna equip the saints, it's going to expose the darkness, but it's also a tool you can share with people. That's mm-hmm. the that's the benefit of getting a DVD, is that you can share it with people, you can hand it out and let people watch it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, hey Amen. Well, there you go. Make sure to grab the, I see a lot of people asking for it. We're going to pop the link back into the chat there, Guns. Uh, you can find it at fourthwatchfilms.com. Did I get that correct? Fourthwatchfilms.com. Okay. Got it. Good. And I got a lot of people here <laughs> asking about your other stuff. You guys do you, podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff. Let the people know where to find you. Uh, well, uh, basically we make house party two look like house party three. (laughs) (laughs) No, we, uh, we, we do live streaming sometimes. There's probably some people on the live chat right now who follow us and the live stream that we do. Uh, we've taken a break. I I had an injury and I'm actually still on vocal rest. I I need to make a video and tell everybody, but uh, I'm I'm still on vocal rest because uh, I injured my larynx. Uh, very likely that's what my, my doctors are telling me. Um, Anyway, it's a long story. I'm not going to rehash it, but I had a granola incident. <laughs> and, oh, man. Uh, it, really jacked, it jacked me up, dude. Like, <laughs> hardcore. Satanic. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah, satanic. That's why you it don't eat granola, people. Yeah, granola, man. It, it, was that, it was that 666 granola. Don't ever eat it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, but uh, I'm healing up, man. Uh, I'm still on vocal rest. It's not, I'm, I'm, you know, this is actually more talking than I've done in a while because I've tried, I'm trying to keep my voice down to, to heal. But uh, please pray for me, guys. Uh, whoever's out there, if you're if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a brother in Christ or sister in Christ, please pray for my full recovery. Uh, I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm 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 recovering. I'm getting there. My voice is still weak, uh, so we've not been doing the live streams. But uh, praise God, uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, I've got some teachings on there. Got a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff on there. But uh, we have three films out. We've got uh, Belly of the Beast, uh, Director's Cut. We've got Higher Entities, The Lost Tapes. And Hollow Earth Chronicles episode one. I think our Hollow Earth videos got over a million plays, Gons. Yeah, it did. And then YouTube uh, censored some of the music because it was, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, copywritten music. So it like shut out some of the audio. So all the comments I get on the video now are, why did you turn off part of the audio? And it's like, I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. YouTube just decided to take out some of the audio. And I don't, I don't know. I got to go back and look at it. But uh, yeah, it's got over a million views. Pretty crazy. Okay. Hey, well, well something else is pretty crazy is that uh, I'm just going to ask you in front of everybody so that you can't say no. Oh, gosh. You know how kids do that? Like, like you've got kids. Is it like one kid ever ask you something in front of a friend thinking that like you'll have oh, to say yeah. yes? Yeah. <laughs> I know that move. Yeah. There's some, yeah, there, there's some name for that. Uh, just anyway. grandstanding. Uh, yeah. I used to get in trouble for that. You know, hey, mom, can I go eat dinner or can so-and-so spend the night? He's sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so Gons, uh, we need to talk to you about, I know you're busy because you just had a baby, yes. by the way. Congratulations thank on you. baby Gons. Yes, thank you. So, uh, no, we wanted to, and it may not work with your schedule, but we wanted to have you in the upcoming film. We are working on a new film that is literally going to pick up where Belly the Beast left off. And it's going to be getting into the Great Reset and Ooh. Christian hate laws. There's going to be a whole lot of craziness in this upcoming film. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I'll do it. Just uh, You're committed uh, now, Gons. I know I'm committed. Are you saying yes just because people are listening? No, I'll do it. I, did you? Uh, it's going to have to. We're going to have to work out the logistics here, but we don't have to do that on air. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I'd love to be in your film. I, did you? I think you guys were out here. In California, right? Weren't you out in California for a little while and then we were supposed to meet up and it didn't happen or something? Oh, that was me. I was out there. Yeah, I was out there, but it was, it was, it was a rush trip. It didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know. I know schedules are crazy. If you come out here, you may never leave because you might get locked down by the gruesome newsome. 
He might mm-hmm. tell are you. Are we allowed to get you out of there? Like, are we allowed to like fly <laughs> you out, or is that allowed? Yeah, we can try. Uh, apparently, the the government of California are going to tax people regardless of uh, whether they escape California or not. They're going to have Heard back, back that, taxes. So ten years. Uh, I heard there's a ten year window. Yeah, on ten that. years, man. So I don't know. Uh, it, it depends. You really can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. It's just. I'm not joking either. Yeah, it's it's this, a real thing mm-hmm. that they're trying to do. So I don't know. Yeah, I know people say it's bad here, but uh, yeah, it, it, as the Lord leads, right. yeah, as the Lord leads, uh, we need people preaching the gospel here too. And uh, yeah. you know, so I'll stay here for for the time being. But if the Lord opens up a door, let's do it. Hey, can I, can I say one more thing, like on topic real quick? Sure. Can I just like really fast? So, uh, you just made me think about John MacArthur because, you know, he, he's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of criticism by the government over there right now for, uh, lawsuits. Yeah. Lawsuits for continuing to meet and not making people wear masks and all that. Uh Um, anyway, it was interesting. And and I know there's going to be somebody in the chat that's going to have something negative to say about John MacArthur. I really don't care. Um, I noticed in some of his old, old commentaries. This is amazing, actually. This actually bumped him up a notch in my book. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're never going to agree with somebody 100% on doctrine. I, sure. I, we can all agree on that. Right. Um, but this dude in some of his, and it made it into his study Bible. This is crazy. From his old commentaries, made it into his study Bible where he's explaining the Babylonian mystery schools, dude. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, you don't hear pastors talking about that. They won't touch it with a 40 foot pole. Yeah. Yeah. John MacArthur had the the spiritual you know stones to talk about this and explain how this is tied in even to some of the behaviors in the modern charismatic movement do you know when he did it uh i could i could uh i know where i know which passages i read it in like i know i could find it and take some shots for you if you're curious what he said he was getting into and i don't want to i don't want to get into some of the stuff he was talking about because it's really controversial it's about uh praying in tongues and about how it's tied into the mystery religions. I don't want to get into all that um, because it's going to offend some people and I don't have time to explain it all. <laughs> you don't have time to offend people right now. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's really interesting, the the stuff that he broke down in some of the Greek language that was in this passage about praying in an unknown tongue actually speaks mysteries unto God uh, and how that actually is translated into uh, like the original language did not mean the God, but speaks mysteries unto a God and then tied that into Babylonian mystery schools. Really crazy stuff. Mm, uh, fascinating. Yeah. Again, it's, it's more than just a little snippet. There's more information there, but uh, sure. when we were talking about Babylon mystery schools earlier, cause that's really essentially that's, that, that's the foundation of America is the Babylonian mystery schools. Yeah. Yeah. And to see that John MacArthur is one of the few pastors out there who was willing to speak about this. Uh, in his commentary, which made it into a study Bible, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it looks like just uh, throw that out there. My my quick Google search says uh, April twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four, when he uh, part one Babylon has fallen, and he I don't know if he gets into all the I don't know if it's the exact same one you were talking about, but he's talking about mystery Babylon and and Revelation seventeen and eighteen there. So that could be part of it, but. Yeah, I'm not sure if he takes the same view. Uh, I'm not sure if he takes the same view that America that we take that America is mystery Babylon. I'm not sure uh, where he stands on that, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he definitely broke down some interesting things about he he knows the truth of the Babylonian mystery schools that they're that they're in existence and that they're in power today. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. Um, Yeah, it's the basis of religion, guys. It's literally the basis of the world religions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely, and we're seeing that. 
come into play even with the monotheistic religions all coming together, you know, Pope Francis bringing uh, Judaism, Christianity or Catholicism really. And, um, and Islam all together. And uh, it's, it's very interesting how that's all coming together too, as part of the, because uh, a lot of people, there, there are less people in the world who are open mystery Babylonists. There's a lot more who are Islam, a lot more who are um, part of the, uh, the Jewish religion. So it's something to keep in mind, man. It's, 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 a, you know, it's a good way to offend everybody. We're not going to not offend someone. We're going to offend everybody. We are equal opportunity offenders. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, folks, thank you uh, for tuning in, especially if you're on the live broadcast here. This is great. And uh, a big old thank you to Wes and Justin Fall. Make sure to check out uh, their new uh, director's cut of Belly of the Beast. You can find that at fourthwatchfilms.com. Wes and Justin, thanks so much for coming on, guys. It's always a pleasure connecting with you guys. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you, all. Thanks, guys. All right. Any last words, Gans? Um, well, thank you guys for watching or listening. And um, let us know how you, you know, felt about this uh, half news talk, half Canary Cry radio broadcast. We something different. It's an experiment, like, like Basil said at the beginning. Uh, but I think a lot of people enjoyed it. At least the live feedback uh, seems yeah, to be pretty good. I had so, fun. Yeah. This is okay, good. everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk and Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. You're going down, Olstein. I want to shake things up, shake things up. I want to shake things up, shake things up. <laughs> Leave the bird alone. I want to stir up some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. <laughs> Fun fact, I believe it was uh, another fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. That's where I started. Light up a huge blunt, a joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Put me on some, some, I don't know.
Okay. Oh, you shot in the butt. Fluoride, oxytocin, did a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. <laughs> All right, weird. <laughs>
In the future, humans will be confined in a people zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and The camera's on